Nothing ever changes. It's the same all the time. You all right, Jace? And I don't even, you know, like I said, I'm so, I'm so disconnected you, Jace. from, I have, you know, from being gone for so long. I'm so disconnected. I don't even know all the details. I just hear bits and pieces. I'm like, yeah. don't change, guys. Don't change. Yeah, get the Ryan Peters. It's almost like the AMA. Never change, yeah. boys. <laughs> yeah. You have to get your mic just a little closer. Yeah, you got to shove that thing in your mouth. Mm-hmm. This is about where it's <laughs> a Rona freeze. This is about where it rides when I'm yeah. doing one. Really? Yeah. yeah, gotcha. Otherwise, like you can hear yourself, and it makes it a little bit weird. But it's harder for us to hear it. Like when you're talking back here, it just sounds. Or when you get up here, it's, okay. Yeah. 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 Gage. Oh, absolutely. You too, Blake. Water favor. <laughs> I can't. I can't condone to that. Four. Someone said four for four. He's like four. <laughs> Gage, I'd take one too, please. Oh, that's good. Four for four. Four? <laughs> You'd be a good bartender, Gage. <laughs> Tell everybody gets their receipt. Yeah. Dude, I said thank you, and you charged me for four more beers, you <laughs> asshole. <laughs> Just a 30 rack. <laughs> Questions? I didn't send this out, in case you're wondering. Okay. I made it when I got home from Choose work today. The same. Yeah, it's the same. So Eric has to pick the song. Oh, yeah, Eric. Oh, intro song? Intro song. Um That's tough. I'm not I'm not a music guy. I don't even know. Like Hey something. Dusty, will you wiggle something? Mine's good. How about like I hear a vroom. Like a fan's on. Well that's a fridge. Is it this oh. thing? Yeah, I think that's what it is. Unplug that bitch, Gabe. I didn't notice it until you said it. Yeah. But yeah, I do I th- like when someone talks, it grabs it. Is that better? Yeah, it's gone now. Freaking fridge. It'll stay cold though, right? Yeah. Monster would have been way better. Monsters is quieter. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I heard it again. So uh, I can hear it too. You can? Yeah. Yeah. What are you hearing? Just a like humming. A, oh, like a hum? Yeah. <clears throat> I don't have it in my headset. I don't. But maybe I'm just that hard of hearing too. I don't really hear it from Gage actually. Four. Talking. <laughs> what? <laughs> you gotta talk into his good ear. What's that? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Maybe turn it off and turn it back on. I don't know. <laughs> no, I can hear it. I can't hear nothing. At your age, that's weird. Yeah, weird. <laughs> you might not figure it out. <laughs> I don't hear shit. You going to get Sam going to the race tomorrow? Oh, yeah, he's going to come down. Nice. That's cool. Yeah. I was trying to get him to come with me in the morning, but uh, he's he's got to drop his wife's car off at Subaru, so he's not going to come down until a little bit later. But what a pussy. Is it? So you're up here by yourself? Yeah. Okay. So yeah. Nancy or Eli? They're... No. They're in Georgia visiting her family until oh, next week. So had some free time. They're visiting where? In Georgia? Her parents. Oh. And grandparents and all of her, well, yeah, all of her families over there in the East Coast. So nice. I just cut out one side of my headphones. <laughs> yeah, I got one side too. Nice. That must be on your guys' <laughs> deal then. No, that's when he fucked with something. <laughs> that's when he fucked with something over there. There you go. <laughs> Chris just shuts that off. Is it good? Can you hear us now? Mine's good. Yeah. That's going to drive me crazy that noise. You still hear it? Yeah, a little bit. Mm-hmm. Just when somebody talks. Mm-hmm. 
Whatever. Someone have <clears> a <throat> cell phone too close to a wire or something? Chris, you should just very quietly play some background music if you can. Yeah, I sure can. See if it, like, kills it, you know what I mean? Yeah. Stand by. Break time? Break time. I guess I need to pick an intro song, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you better yeah, be you're picking over there. Yeah, you need to do that. Let me think. My, uh... My music arsenal is pretty slim. That's <laughs> all right. Mine is too. Just listen to different podcasts when you're traveling all the time or what? Yeah, dude. That's it. So I, what's yeah. your favorite one? Um, Are you all moto or just like yeah, just, some moto? Well, yeah. Just trying to keep up with all the moto ones is that's, hard. That's where I am. So. I don't listen to any other podcast that's not moto. Yeah. yeah. I enjoy the Whiskey Throttle show. That's yeah. That one's been really cool. Um, Pulp MX is always, you know, it's kind of always the same, but it's always good. You know? Right. I did like uh it was cool to hear from Ernesto Fonseca. Have you heard that one yet? Yeah. Yeah. That was a pretty good yeah. one. It's crazy that all the yep. gnarly stuff he went through with his injury. It's cool that he's yeah. racing wheelchairs now though. Yeah. It sounded like he was on the Olympic team. Yeah, that was cool. He's he's a cool guy. He's uh kind of just disappeared for a while too and then Yeah. Remember his number? Twenty four. 24 that's right yeah, yeah. <laughs> his last number yeah yeah was, he's a good rider where did his crash oh he was practicing yep yeah it was at the honda test track yeah that sucks yeah <clears throat> I, oh james stewart came out with a podcast yeah, no, coming out with one. No, I listened no, to the first episode. You did? Out. I listened to the f- full one today. How many yeah. do you think he's going to get? Was it any good? Uh, it was all right. Like, you could tell it's his first one, and he's yeah. kind of, like, nervous a little bit. But, yeah, it's pretty good. Like, I hope he continues with it, because it's just cool to hear what he has to say sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Like, Bubba's world. Yeah. <laughs> I'll bet you he does seven. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? Hopefully he does 259. That'd be sick. <laughs> yeah. Are we good? What song do you want, Eric? Um, how about some Alice in Chains? There you go. I don't know, just pick one. Pick an Alice in Chains. I actually hate this fucking song. And pick a different one. I'm looking. I had no idea this was Alice in Chains. Rain When I Die is really good. Okay. The intro of it's really good anyway. Okay. I remember that one. Freaky shit, Eric. <laughs> Welcome to episode 15 of the Flat Tire Factory podcast, sponsored by MX Connection. That's where we are. Yep. Perfect structure. 4GMX indoor motocross race tomorrow. Alex McPherson. Love that guy. Love that dude. Cool dude, man. Fantastic. What's he doing these days? Uh, what's he up to? I don't know. No clue. Nobody knows. All right. It's weird. Dead with All In Freestyle Show. Static Collective. Visit them at staticcollective.com. Facebook and Instagram. Static. Is Zach racing tomorrow? 
I don't know. Yeah. That'd be sweet. I was just talking to him. I think he is. <laughs> he said, yep. Nice. Good RM deal. Army, boys. There you go. The final one. No, there's some C kid with a Suzuki still. There's another B kid, uh, uh, Nap, yeah. 175. He was there. Yeah, with a flow yellow. Yep. Yep. He's yep. racing tomorrow, too. I he has regular to yellow now. Oh, well, that's all right. That's it's still black. yellow. It's still though. close to my heart. Precision Excavation, that's Luke at 605-786-2183. Black Hills Landscape, that's Chris at 605-381-2876. Dusty, welcome back. Well, thank you. You've been gone for a Good while. To be back. It's nice to look over and actually see him. Yeah. It's been a while. Yeah. Yeah, seating arrangement is a little different. Yeah, do you like it? It's not a bad spot. Yeah, it's my old spot, by the way. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's the best one in the house. BT Dubs. Why? Why was that? Cause you're up against the wall, but you're the closest one to get out if you have to. Oh, yeah, you can pee. You, got, you have the heat. I got really screwed over on the whole pee thing. Yeah, you're. I think I'm gonna get the jug. Just pee <laughs> under the table. Piss jugs. <laughs> yeah, the piss jug. Nice. You got one, Blake? <laughs> I have one too. It's the ornament on my tree. <laughs> Hey, that works. I'm not kidding. Uh, Gage Mullen, what's going on? Oh, nothing much. Getting ready for the indoors tomorrow. Um, a lot of bikes coming in through and people picking up stuff last minute. But, <clears throat> no, it was really good. Got uh, some people some help, and hopefully you see a good turnout. I think there's going to be a really good turnout. I heard a lot of bikes down there, so should be good. Busy then. It's been busy, yep. Good. Mike Neal, what's going on? Not much, man. It's a Friday. Super pumped. There's a race tomorrow, so that's even better. It's a great way to start a weekend. Love who nothing. Do the, who do they have that announces those? Yeah, I don't know. Just some guy. Because <laughs> a dick. Yeah. No, I'm getting excited to go do that, too. I, I enjoy the announcing thing, too. So it's fun. It's a nice um, change. Dusty was there today. Is there lanes for Mike to walk in this time? Yeah. I already seen one over by the whoops. Yeah, that's my that's my go around section. Yeah, I'll be standing <laughs> right there to block that, buddy. <laughs> he said, that, <laughs> said they built it just for him. <laughs> yeah. Right around them bitches. We'll uh, we'll pull up their video and kind of go over the track a little bit later. But um, oh, what the hell was I saying? I don't know. How are you, Chris? By the way. Oh, good. Thank you. Yeah, glad to see you made it. Choked on a taco ten minutes ago, but <laughs> otherwise I'm doing good. That's good. What the? Oh, their Facebook post says um, says whoops, triples, doubles, whip jump. You asked for it. Yeah, we did it. <laughs> I just want to be like. Well, we asked for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you you no longer like, can complain. Are you racing tomorrow? You almost should. That's your whole track that you wanted, except for it's got wood. I should. There's no forks in my bike. Thanks, Gage, for rebuilding them. Just yep. haven't put them in. You want to borrow RM Army and win tomorrow? <sighs> that sounds like an excuse coming. <laughs> yeah, yeah bring like it. All right, I'll race it. No shit. That way, if I wad it up, I don't feel bad. <laughs> I'll, I will I'll bring probably it. give it back to you in better shape than it arrived in. Mm, doubt that's going to happen. Fold it in half. <laughs> You're welcome, Mike Neal. Are you serious, though? I will load that no, thing up No, I'm tonight. not. I'm not going to do any indoors. Jeez. All we right. just hit a year. We're not even... We're get eight days from a year of me getting broke off. Nice. Um, Eric, you... Or Eric. Mike, you want to announce our guest? Yeah. Wait, do you need his number? No. Oh. <laughs> the number 15 on a KX450 at a Deadwood, South Dakota, Eric Molman. Hey, guys. How's it going? What's going on, Eric? How much? Thanks for having me in. Um, how was your drive? How long is your drive? Uh, well, I took a roundabout way. Kind of worked uh, on the way here Tuesday and Wednesday, so... It wasn't, you know, wasn't too bad. Broke it up between four different stops and then ended up in Cheyenne at 
the end of my work week and just drove up from there. So, so right. are you on like a little workcation, little vacation while you're working here? Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Um, worked early in the week, then took yesterday and today off and next Monday off for, you know, and then I heard there was some race going on up here or something. Oh, yeah. Did you bring a bike? There was a green 450 uh, KX at my parents' house. Do you want to ride a Suzuki? Uh, I forgot how to kick. (laughs) Same. (laughs) Same. It's easy with the magic button. (laughs) I don't have one yet. Um, God, it starts already. There's shit talking on Suzuki. I'd like like to apologize. We don't have video. But if we did, you would see Eric's all kitted out in Kawasaki. Yeah. Represent. (laughs) All the way down to A-star shoes. We're legit. Wow. Dude, Alpine Star shoes are the best. Are they more? They are so are they wider than their boot? Because I can't even get my foot <laughs> in their Tech Tens, dude. That's why I don't wear them. Ask Cage; they don't fit. They don't fit your feet because you never lace your boots, so your feet just like flatten out. Yeah, slip-ons, bro. They're way wider. Oh, so double ease. So it's your fault. <laughs> You've just been creating pancake feet your whole oh, life. I tie my shoes. I don't think you do. You wear like those skater shoes that. <laughs> I'm trying to look right now. They Vans. Oh, he's got new ones. No, they were Etni. Et- no, they were Adidas. They're mountain bike shoes. No, what did you have? Those like skater shoes that, with the real puffy tongue in them. Adidas. They're my mountain bike shoes. I swear to God. They're 510s. Look them up. Mm-hmm. Eric, what's your biggest pet peeve? Uh, punctuality. Oh, wow. Yeah, I, I I hate being late. I can't stand. Oh, like, damn. That's those. a stab at Mike because he showed up like 40 <laughs> minutes late today. <laughs> Half hour. <laughs> oh, for three today, Mike. You guys yeah. weren't even eating yet by the time I got here. Yeah, but we're still hanging out at six. <laughs> yeah, like it drives me nuts being late for anything. I, I My saying is if you're on time, you're late. If you're 10 minutes early, you're on time. So does it mean that you or other people are all together? Yeah, uh, anybody in general. Yeah. yeah. My wife's pretty bad about waiting till it's time to leave and then deciding she has all this stuff to do. Yeah. Makeup. Yeah. yeah. I, I hate to roast Kelsey on the podcast because she listens to them, but I'm going to. Thank you for tacos, by the way. Yeah, they were pretty good. <laughs> Those are great but tacos. tacos were awesome. What, what, I'm like, it'll be like, what time back do up, we... Back up, back up. Yeah. Thank, thank you for the tacos. Um, forgive me for what I'm about to say. But, <laughs> yeah, but it's like, what time do we need to leave? 6.15. 6. 15 and a half rolls around it's like can you let the dog out and take this trash out and i'm like well, we should be leaving right now yeah no I, i've been married long enough now i know uh whatever time i want to leave i tell her about 45 minutes before that oh and then we're 45 minutes? 45 oh, that's a good idea just gotta calibrate yeah. it yeah, yeah. <laughs> you gotta dial it in a little bit for your own yeah. I should start Adjust at 45 it. minutes and <laughs> yeah. see where I end up. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck. I'm so glad she's not behind you Especially right now. Especially like the first time you do that, Mike, she'll be ready on time. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Just totally fucking so, yeah. Is she going to listen to this and then figure this out? Uh, no, she she doesn't listen. She thinks podcasts are stupid. So, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Scooter does too. It'll work great. <laughs> <laughs> well, Kelso yeah. doesn't, so I'm in trouble. Well, it depends. Like, if we're just going, you know not very far for very long it then it's then she's usually on time but if we're like planning to take a week-long trip or something like that it's like you know especially if we have to fly you know we have to be at the airport at a certain time and it's like the time we have to leave the house to get to the airport to give us enough time she decides that the whole house needs to be cleaned mm. and i'm like we got to go now like yeah. this this has to wait. The ship will leave without us. <laughs> yeah. Like, this isn't yeah. an option. Yeah, yeah, they don't care for on here. No. Yep. They don't give... No. We were paid. <laughs> Three hours before our Thanksgiving, 
my wife decided I want to bake an apple pie. <laughs> Not even shooting you, dude. <laughs> That's cool, man. She whipped it out and won the pie contest, but still, we were 45 minutes late. Actually, that's so. pretty gangster. Hell yeah. That's like looping out on a parade well. lap and then winning. Donovan Lindsley. You win the pie contest. It's, uh, yeah, it's she right brought a trophy home, so I can't bitch yeah. too much. Wow. Yeah. Just got a hair in her probably, butt. I'm going to make a pie. <laughs> yeah, freaking three hours probably, before it starts. Probably because that pie was so fresh. Like, everyone Dude, else made it was yeah, like, yeah. like, we were hoping yeah. it would cool down <laughs> in time for people to eat it. I'm not even kidding you. You bring it, you're like, I don't know if I can hold on to this, but it's going to be really good. How did she warm up her pie at the contest? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, today, product review. I'm running out. I'm really grasping at straws here. Um, basically what you wear under your knee braces, knee braces. Yeah. Cause I've seen a bunch of different things Indoor race, supercross talk, new KTM factory edition has been released. I think that was two days ago. Yeah. That two fifty F looks pretty sweet. I'm not going to lie. We'll look up some pictures. I have some things to say. Um, we have, have fun with those questions, Eric. <laughs> I, don't, I haven't seen the specs on it yet, but I heard both bikes gain some weight. I did too. Time to go on a diet over there, huh? You're gonna be TM. you're gonna be surprised what I have to say about this bike. Oh, okay, <laughs> Dusty too. We were yeah. texting about. Are it. you already changing over to Cowie? Are you? Is it that quick? Well, I think we got some in the in the semi out there. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Eric, Eric brought five bikes. Shout out to Eric for our yeah, thank factory you. created yeah. bikes. Right when we're done here, we're gonna go uncrate those bitches. They're all see SRs. how they do in the snow. They're yeah. all SRs, right? The factory edition. So, yeah, something like that. Yeah. yeah. I'll be sending the invoice. Who, who wants it? MX connection. Gage. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yep. Yeah. Send it over there. Thomas will yep. sign for it. Yep. <laughs> yeah, find Thomas. <laughs> we'll write a check. Yeah. 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 Don't drop it, though. No, I'm just who's, who's Gage's accountant? Did I got to call Sarah? Uh, no. Go refer to Thomas again, yeah. Yeah, refer to Thomas. Yep. Um, submitted questions. There was actually quite a few today. Oh, was there? Yeah. A lot of them from Ryan Peters. Oh, fantastic. Oh, perfect. We'll, we'll answer some of them. Uh, Gage's tech tip. Eric's background, static collective tire poppers. What did we learn? First off, what do you guys wear under your knee braces? Um, I always wear knee brace sleeves. Pod makes a really nice one. Um, a lot of people take it <clears throat> and fold it back over the brace. Um, I actually don't. I just pull them up, and my boot usually holds my knee braces in place pretty well. But a lot of people take the pod knee brace sleeve and then roll it back over the knee brace on both sides. And they, a lot of people like the way that feels, especially if it's hot out. It gives you a little more air, a little more breathing. But uh, the pod ones are nice. They got they actually last really long, and they have good uh, feel. They don't chafe or nothing. Dusty, you're going last because I think we're on the same page. Yeah. Mike? Um, I currently have EVS knee brace sleeves or whatever, which it, I don't care what brand as long as it's knee brace sleeve and not the full sock from your toe. Mm. up to your mid thigh or past or whatever i hate those so i uh i do the knee brace sleeve with ankle socks actually and that drives people crazy for some reason yeah drive me not probably look stupid with your pants off too don't care oh. whatever well and one thing i used to do is get the knee brace socks and once the sock wore out i just cut off at the cuff and yep. use it as a sleeve I, that's how i found out that i like the sleeves better than the socks there actually you go. Yeah. and Shout out to Gage's little tip there. That saved my life. I used to have really bad problems with my knee braces sliding down. And Gage's little trick with the flip the sock over the knee brace and like kind of tuck it under if he can. Dude, that completely stops that issue. It's because you're not wearing Tech 10s. <laughs> no, Garnet's Eric, what way do you better. Wear? Yeah, Tech 10s keep your knee brace in place. Hmm. Eric, what do you wear? Uh, the Fox knee brace socks and fold the top over. Yeah. Are you all the, the way from the toe up yeah. to nutsack guy? <clears throat> 
Now they're not that long, but they're they're enough to get the <laughs> toe to sack. <laughs> <laughs> the band the the elastic band at the top just barely sticks above the knee brace, and then I just pull that up over top of the brace. Um, dusty uh, compressions. Yeah, straight compression. How come you guys don't buy the pant compressions? Well, the Fox socks are our partial compression from like mid calf up. It's like it's a compression for the in and the knee brace sock in one. Like straight compression pants. Yeah. But, Why wouldn't oh. you go buy like Nike or Under Armour compression pants? Here's my deal. Usually, summertime, I show up to the track in shorts and shoes and ankle socks. So then all I have to do is take my shorts off, slide some knee brace socks on, call it. A day. That's what I do. You put full pants on. No. You show up with the compression They're compression on. pants. You don't wear them around. It's like it's like so yoga pants for dudes. You're putting <laughs> leggings on to go ride. They're basically bike. leggings. <laughs> I'm good. Do the knee brace, does the knee brace stay in place, though? They're kind of slick. Yeah, tech yeah, tens. The, the boots hold them in. Does your girlfriend know about this? Yes. She's okay with you wearing leggings. Oh, my God. Okay. I just I'm, don't, I'm just giving you shit. I just don't know why you buy all this stuff, like... What do you mean, buy all this stuff? You're buying full on. Uh, How much do your pants cost? I have ankle socks, and then I have a sleeve. I wear my freaking ankle socks from freaking like, Walmart, dude. Who gives a shit? Shield sells the all-in-one package. Just put them on. Yeah. You can still wear your ankle socks. What if you forget your pants? And then you ride in underwear, and you only do that one time in your life. See, I ride in underwear every time. Are you shitting me? No, why would... What, You're what fucking you weird, man. <laughs> <laughs> what Kids, do fuck? you not ride... You ride in underwear? With fucking pants over them, yeah. Compression. I use compression underwear when I ride. Right. But, That's what I'm yeah. saying. Full length compressions. Gage. All in one. They, mine just go down to like just above the knee. And then because then my socks cover the rest. But. That's better than underwear. You ride in your underwear? <laughs> and ankle socks, dude. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck's a big deal? <laughs> what? My mind. what is happening? Gage, you ride in your underwear? Yeah. Are you oh serious? What the fuck do you guys buy? Free pants to wear before your real fucking pants. Have you what? never oh. worn compressions to do anything athletic? It holds everything I, in. I, I wore compression pants. I need my a shit to times. breathe a little. Fuck, boys. it does. It wicks everything off. That's you. the point yeah. of compressions. Oh my god! My. I, I used Hold to just the, wear for the longest time. I just wore underwear, and then I switched to the. I, I got a bunch of uh, Ethicas. Oh yeah, there you go. Just given to me, and I switched to those for riding. And I'm like, well, I, don't, I don't know why I didn't do this way better. Right, twenty years ago, yeah. Way better. Mike, I'm getting you a pair. This is, you too, Gage. This is you, freaking ridiculous. Might as well buy yourself two pairs because I'll probably never fucking wear them. You know why? Because I'm going to fucking forget them. That's true. All I, I have my knee brace That's sleeves true. stuffed into my boots so I can never fucking forget them. And I wear boxers every day of my life and I wear socks every day of my life. Can't fuck it up. I will bring, great. I will bring a brand new pair with me. And be like, here you go, <laughs> okay. Mike. I'll try it, I guess. You guys are really ri- yeah. r- riding around in boxers? Dude, have you? Yeah, I guess. Ankle socks is what gets me, man. Well, Dude, that's fuck, I wear ankle that's socks every too. day of my life. Yeah, but with a boot? Who gives a shit? You're wearing a yeah. pant. Oh, my God. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Well, I wear, like, boxer briefs. Yeah, I wear boxer briefs. I don't wear boxers, I guess. Does that fucking matter? It's a little better, but not really. <laughs> I don't know. Sorry about your luck, buddy. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Indoor race. Dusty, tell us about it. You were there today. Yep. Oh, the new track? Yep. Uh, it's, pre- it's pretty good. It's pretty mellow. It's not super fast. Um, I like the the walls in between the whoops. That seems interesting. They're more speed bumps. Oh, I yeah. The say. first one looks like a bit of a wall or not too bad. They're about three foot tall. Oh, okay. It just speed checks you. Yeah. Nice. 
He's ready. Think we're going to see anyone jump into the whoops? Mm, I was kind of wondering that. Those are too deep and too sharp, I think. Kind of. Once they break like. in? Maybe. Hold on. I don't know what I'm doing. Maybe once you get the top. Double. Yeah, you should turn the volume down on that a little bit. Quad. I do like that on off though. Can is so it fun? Is it quadable? Oh wait, he did is this it, our yeah. whip jump? He quadded the whole thing. Yeah, that, is this that our whip one jump? Is. And it goes good if you're a right-handed leaner. He didn't even try to whip on that one. You should have seen the uh, actual whips he was throwing. Those whoops look pretty dang good. They're big. Yeah, they're they're really well built. Robert Dude, did a good job. This triple's a hawk. Nice. Did you get over that, Dusty? No, I didn't have my mindset on it. Yeah. I said no. He was trying to get me to. Not for me today. Dude, um, Justin can freaking crank some whips. Yeah. Yeah, he's a good he's a good rider. Really. Yeah, he really is. Very. He has very good technique, too, and I appreciate that. Yeah. You ever watch Donovan ride, though? He has not great technique. Oh, speaking of Donovan. Just all over the place, but... Am I going to win 50 bucks tomorrow or what? Shit, no. Did you not just see those whoops in that video? He's going to... Oh, 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 he's going to oh, loop out. Right by fucking Ryan Peters. Wah, 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 right to his rear fender. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan Peters is going to be staring at the number 30 all I'll bet long, you. Boys. I'll bet you Ryan Peters jumps from that one little hump over the whoops to the second little hump yeah. behind him. Oh, okay. You Qua wanna, quad God. You want to bet another $50 on it? <laughs> quad God. He told me... I was texting him. He's told me he'll do anything to win. I said, if people die, they die. <laughs> and he said, absolutely. What if Ryan gets a microphone jabbed into his front spokes? What happens then? <laughs> if he dies, he dies. I don't like to lose either, boys. <laughs> Brick, you better lay low for a while. <laughs> Kill the guy. <laughs> Stabbed him with a trident. <laughs> we got some dudes rolling in from Billings. That's cool. They were going to stop by the 9 to fivers dudes. Oh, are they going to still or no? No, they were, when I talked to them, they were in Wyoming and the roads weren't very good. Oh, yeah. And they still have to drop bikes off. Uh, whole shot prizes for this race. That's cool. I don't know what they are, but that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yep. I think a bunch of the shops are help pitching in, you know, with that too. So it'd be, be nice to see what all shows up. Nice. That's Did cool. Did you kick something in, Gage? Yep. We're kicking some stuff in. Well, what is it? Um, you got to show up and find out. Yeah. You got to get the whole shot to find out. It's kind of universal. Stuff. This isn't, you know, this isn't, oh, maybe this will come out tomorrow morning. Well, no one will listen to it tomorrow. They're racing. Yeah. Tell us what it is. No, this be universal stuff. Like, Cash. Yeah. <laughs> well, we talked about universal. we talked about gift certificates and stuff. Um, that's what I like to do because it gets them to come in and you know look at stuff and then they get to pick out what they want. But you know, like with a lot of people being out of town, it's, it's tough for them. Right. Yeah, because there is so many out of state racers. There's that a lot. Come, yeah. yeah. So like Eric's not going to be stoked to get a gift card to MX Connection, even though he'd probably still stop by and use it. But. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But no, it's going to be like grips, goggles, gloves, you know, stuff that they kind of universal. That's cool, though. Yeah. Kids will be stoked. You know, if we could get our hands on some gas cans, which maybe someone show up, you know, like fuel jug or something. But uh, right now, those things are tough. They're tough everywhere. Damn. <clears throat> it's just weird how some things run out. And then you get plenty of them, and then all of a sudden they run out. And, and nobody wants them once you get them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to um, buy some hats and give them to LCQ winners instead of whole shot. Yeah, that'd be cool. Dude, are you pumped if you win an LCQ or what? 
Yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. Well, Not you made the main and like a big <laughs> stress, especially if that's the only class that right. you had for the day. Generally, you're just pissed that you're in an LCQ, though. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of hope I go to the LCQ so I get a little more track time. There you go. I don't think you guys will probably have. Well, I don't know. There's going to be a lot of pro riders tomorrow. Dude, there is going to be a lot of pro riders tomorrow. It's going to be It's going to be the be best good. day ever. Yeah, dude. It'll be a good time. Uh, Kiefer racing? Tucker Kiefer? Yes, he came and got some uh, rear tire. Good. Yeah, I always like to watch Tucker Kiefer. He, man, he really mixes it up. That last indoor race, he was dang good. I was Your 258 winner. Yeah, on a 252 stroke, too. That was yeah. good riding. Dude, I was stoked on him. He is a good rider. Yeah, he's really, like, the last mm, three years really came around, like, really good. Yeah. yeah. Good for him. If he'd start training, he'd be very competitive. Yeah. <laughs> But Tucker, start training. <laughs> you know, I wish tighten uh, it up. I wish Jaden Ritter still raced too. He was yeah. he was another good little ripper. He was yeah. he was fast. Oh, that's good. It's good um, to see. There's there's a lot of good riders that are coming up too. You know, B class and even C class like that. Um, Rip Ripkema has been doing pretty good. Oh yeah, Reese Ripkema yeah. zero or oh six. Yeah, he's zero six. He's starting pour it on pretty good, and he's a good kid. Nice, that's cool. Yeah, he comes in and. He listens to our podcast every time, too. Oh, really? Yeah. That's cool. Nice. He's talking about it. What do you think of that, Gage? People I, listening? I think it's cool. You know, and He tells me all the time people come in here. And that's all <laughs> all they talk about. What's really hard is sometimes they'll quote something, and they think I'm going to catch on right away. And I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. And they're like, oh, the podcast. I'm like, oh, yeah. You know, because we talk about so much stuff, and we're kind of in the moment. But they pick up on something that really sticks with them. It might be something that was said in passing here. And But it's, it's, it's cool. You know, kids quote things and it I, is cool that's one of my favorite things when people come up and talk to me about the podcast well, i've had i've had three people all right i know you don't like to be on the phone i'll be really quick all right what's up man <laughs> well the one that thomas was on i don't know how many people come up to thomas like hey thomas say cinnamon <laughs> dude thomas does have a great radio voice though <laughs> it is man. he could run us all out of business real quick <laughs> but i thought that was so funny because it's like you know, I caught that one right away, obviously, you know, but right. it's like, Thomas, say cinnamon. <laughs> Dorks. Nice and slow, Thomas. Cinnamon. 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 <laughs> uh, anyway. Yeah. Brady said Justin and Grable throw fat whips with mm-hmm. a pH. Uh, super duper cross. Does anyone want to change their A1 picks? Uh, I'm still sitting with it. Seeing Cirillo, yeah. Okay. Eric. Eric. Who are you picking? Ooh. A one. I'm gonna go. A one, man. I, I think I'm gonna go with uh, Anderson for A one. Yeah. I I knew you were gonna go Cowie, the other Cowie guy. <laughs> I was just seeing how long it took you to come to that conclusion. <laughs> I was going back and forth with Barsha and, and Anderson. You were really gonna say Barsha? Yeah. Oh, I'm saying Barsha. So I'm, I'm sticking with Barsha. He's dude. And A one's always unexpected. Yeah. Like, like when Josh Grant won it, and that was the only race he won the whole year. But I was. It gave me hope that maybe he'd do great that year. Yeah, you were such a huge Josh Grant guy. Well, it's just because he was so nice to Ezra when we seen him, and he's always been very nice. Didn't cool guy him, huh? No, no. That's good. I mean, Mike hates that shit. I do. Chad we, Reed. We Look seen him. Way, <laughs> Talking to you, Chad Reed. <laughs> we seen him down when we were at Lakewood, and his, his first race back is that first night race that they ever did at Lakewood. And he came up, and it, that was his first race back. Villapoto was kind of destroying everybody. And he dang near won that. Villapoto got around him with like three three laps left. And <clears throat> before that race, 
um, we went to his pits and they didn't have a pit party going on at that time, but we we're looking at his bike and stuff, you know, from behind the counter and stuff. And all of a sudden he comes walking out and he sees Ezra and I standing there and he's like, Hey, you guys want a sticker? And he came over and, you know, gave Ezra one of those stick on tattoos of the Geico. Oh yeah. Geico yeah. Team. Was he number 24 back then? Might have been. Very sure he was, but okay. Yeah. I think that was, he was still 24. How do you know that? <clears throat> but, uh, weird. he told Ezra, he's like, stick it right here on your neck. And he had one on his neck. And we thought it was kind of funny. And Ezra talked with him a lot and, you know, he had to get going for practice and his mechanic actually had to pull him away from talking to us and say, like, you're up. Like, you got to get up to the line. He's like, <laughs> all right, guys, we'll talk to you later. <laughs> he went off. Well, anyway, it was several years later, we went to Anaheim 1 and we seen him. We're standing in line for his his autograph, and uh, Brayton was on the same team, and he was kind of the big guy on the team, and the guy, like the B guy the, or whatever. Yeah, he was considered the B guy at the time. <clears throat> oh, Josh Grant was. Anyway, we're standing in line, and we we're the first ones there because we got there early. Um, the guy running the pit party was, you know, music playing this and that, and he comes up and talks to us. He's like. Hey, so uh, who are you guys here to see? You're here to see Brayton? We're like, actually, we're here to see Josh Grant because we met him a few years ago. Didn't expect him to ever remember us, but he's like, oh, cool. Well, since you guys are first in line, and there's already a line that's developed behind us, like, do you guys want to come out in the semi and take a look around? We're like, huh, yeah. <laughs> you should have messed with him. Nah, we're good. <laughs> nah, we just got out of the Suzuki truck. There's no way it's cooler. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was when he was riding for Yamaha at that time, and uh, we went through the whole trailer and everything and seen their whole setup that's cool what was that experience like that was, was just a, neat was that the jgr yeah 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 yep when him and brayton were on that team and uh so we went through all that checked everything out we never seen him there um but then we went back out and then josh grant came out and and brayton we got their autographs and uh he asked how we're doing and what was going on down there and they're like oh we, you know we met you back when you you know, race like with you know, that night show. And he's like, oh, yeah, I remember. I totally put that tattoo on your neck. And I was like, that's a good memory, <laughs> you know? Because how many people do those guys meet and interact with, yeah. you know? And for him to remember telling Ezra to put that tattoo on his neck, I thought it was pretty cool. Anyway. That was cool. Yeah, so that's why I was a Josh Grant <laughs> fan because it's like he was always really nice to us. Speaking of Josh's, Josh Hill's on a team. No, that's Justin. Justin Hill's on a team. You were close, though. Is that who raced Paris? Uh, that was Josh Hill that raced Paris, but Justin, Justin Hill Hill's is on, on the team. PRMX Cowie team. What do we think of that? Cowie, Eric? Yeah, they don't have much, you know, support, so it's, it's just, just a privateer a, team, but... Like a yeah. satellite team? Do they, do they get bikes to a team like that, or do they do they get a parts budget? Anything no. with Cowie or nothing? I don't, um, I'm not sure about the PRMX team. What they... I think they just get contingency money as far as I know. Um, they might get a little bit of parts budget, but they, they do go buy their bikes from dealerships and stuff. So, you know, they, it's not much. Sure. So they're, so Justin Hill more than likely is writing for purse money and contingency, right? Yes. Yeah. That's, that's about yeah. all he's going to be making. Cause yeah. I doubt a satellite team like that's going to have any sort of sponsorship to have a salary, right? No, they, I doubt he has a salary. Um, they probably have some sort of a bonus structure in place for results. But, yeah, I, I doubt he has a salary. Probably just con contingency money, purse money, and some bonus money is probably it. 
I have a little question for you, and, and I don't even know if you would know the answer to this or not, but um, say as a privateer like Justin Hill, who has the talent to maybe someday win a Supercross or whatever, if he were to do it on a privateer Kawasaki team, does Kawasaki still then pay that $100,000 bonus to Justin Hill because he was on a Kawasaki? Or no, because he's not under the privateer team. Does he just get the, or because he is under the privateer team and not under the factory team, does he get just stuck with the $12,000 purse bonus? Yes. <laughs> no way. Uh, no, he wouldn't He wouldn't get the $100,000. Um, not, not the bonus. Yeah, because he's not. So all like the factory riders are all contracted contracted employees of the manufacturer. Sure. So, you know, it's the same way with Honda, KTM, you know, like basically, you know, there was a running joke for a few years in Cowie that Eli Tomac was the highest paid Kawasaki employee ever. Yeah. And because technically he, he was a Kawasaki employee. So, sure. um, so yeah, like those, those satellite teams, they don't, they'll get the contingency money and then, um, you know, they'll get, uh, whatever their sponsors give them for bonuses and stuff but in mm. whatever personal sponsors he has and then the purse money yeah but he wouldn't get anything like but a the, podium bonus a top three bonus or anything like that no no he wouldn't get anything i always wondered how that would work riding yeah. just an oem being like the like jason marsak won daytona long time ago in a mud race right yeah did honda pay him any contingent or like a fat old check for winning the race on honda or whatever just it was. the contingency I think money it was honda right yeah um there's a couple guys in the in the '90s that privateers that did it on a Honda, but yeah, they just get the contingency money and whatever their personal sponsors doing for bonuses. So imagine what a letdown that'd be. Well, the thing is, you think of in in motocross or supercross, the guys making real money are about the top ten guys. After that, it's really hard because you, you hear a bunch of those guys that all of a sudden they're going back, getting out of motocross, or whatever, <clears throat> and they're doing siding or they're you know, framing houses or whatever, right. you know, they to do something to make money so they can afford to live. You know, everyone thinks that everyone's making multi-million dollars and it's like, no, no. there's very few guys are have million dollar contracts. Yeah. Thick, thick cream at the top. Yeah. But after that, it's pretty thin boys. Yeah. It's <laughs> tough. Yeah. Even majority of the, you know, I guess you could say the B rider on the, each team, majority of those guys don't even have a million dollar contract. Right. Yeah, they're if, even for like a win bonus, like a championship win bonus or what do you mean? Uh no, like their their contracted salary. You know, so like for example, well, Marvin has made a lot of money, but uh if you look at KTM, you know, Cooper is obviously the guy right now. Right. And you know, so his salary is probably a million plus plus whatever bonuses he gets. So, you know, you could kind of say Marvin is the B guy on the team. Right. So, like, his salary is going to be significantly less than yeah. than Cooper's. Do you think, so. Do you think though, at the end of the day, his win bonus is any different? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Really? Every rider's contract and their bonus structure is totally different. They're all separate, Mike. Their goggle yeah. deals are all yeah, separate. I get that. Yeah, I But I, I would think at the end of the day, if you're a factory-supported KTM rider and you win a main event, with your KTM, you should get the same bonus money, right? Well, you thought in, wrong, son. In my in my opinion, and I think it's if, all if you they... win that title too, I feel like if you win that title, you should get that 
that same check at the end of the year. Like yeah. I, I get that some guys are higher and some are lower, but I would think like a win. They're win higher bonus. and lower because of the work they put in beforehand. That's how they got higher. Yeah, no, it's some of the. I'm not sure about like the championship bonus. Uh, you know, if it if Cowie pays the the you know if we pay uh, their rider to, when they win the championship a million dollars, it may be the same million for you know whoever wins it. But I don't I don't know about that. But yeah, as far as like each individual race bonus goes, that's all between the rider and the team, and it's different for every rider. They you know on contract time they negotiate that like. Ricky Carmichael was always big on uh, big bonuses and a smaller salary. So, you know, like his salary maybe was only, I don't, you know, just throwing numbers out there, but he maybe only had a $500,000 a year salary. But, but his win, bonus his win bonuses ridiculous. were huge. Yeah. And so he banked on himself winning to make, you know, multi millions of dollars a year. Because, yeah. Smart bet. So, yeah, for him at the time, that that works. Yeah, somewhat. Yeah. I've heard it's not good as if you got hurt. Yeah, yeah Some, exactly. Somewhat I've heard. Um, when Carmichael went to Suzuki, he rode for bonuses only and almost didn't take any salary at all. I don't know about that. that that's just what I'm like. Been, yeah. From what like I've heard from podcasts or whatever, you can kind of piece things together. That's kind of what it sounded like, but I don't know for sure. So what about Eli Tomac? I heard that he lost some money going to. Oh Yamaha. yeah, he took a huge pay cut going to Yamaha. Hmm. Huge pay cut. So who's Kawasaki's yeah. number one guy now? Or is AC the number one guy, or is Anderson the number one guy? I don't really think we consider either one of them the number one guy right now. Because I mean, they're both heavy hitters. They both yeah. kind of suck. You know, <laughs> Anderson. <laughs> Man, Chris, laying it on hard. Wow, Jesus. <laughs> Mike's like, so, like, if this guy wins, why is his bonus not as much as this yeah. guy? Because Ricky Carmichael's bonus was just as big as that guy's, but he was on a dipshit Suzuki. So how does that make any sense? When you're done talking shit, get me a beer, please. Like, fuck me. <laughs> yeah. Dusty, do you want to change your A1 pick? I don't think I even picked. Roxon, yeah, you picked Roxon, bro. Did I? Yeah. yeah. I mean, no, I'm not going to change it. Uh, Gage? No, I'm sticking, yep. With Barsha? Why not? He's a wild card. That I, might be the only race he wins, but you know, that's very possible. To do four in a row, that'd just be crazy. I think I picked... He's already at four in a row, isn't he? That'd be five. Three, Thanks, Kitch. Three. Three A1s in a row. Three. Four then, if you count the fake one. Houston, though. He won Houston. Technically, that's four openers in a row. No, the one was just a gag, though. That so he's only won two A1s Houston, in Houston. That's three. Oh, okay. I thought there yeah. was three. Originally, I had picked um, Anderson just because he looks so good on that freaking Cowie. But it's hard to pick dudes that just switch teams and bikes to win right out of the gate versus dudes that have been on the same bike. Sometimes, though, it's a bonus because they get that new clarity. I new get team, it, man. But new energy. New motivation. Yeah. Didn't, didn't I got to do well because these guys are, yeah. That's a lot you got to figure out that you didn't have to figure out if you'd stayed on a team. Anderson won in A1 his rookie year in the 450 class, right? Yeah. That's what I thought. Yep. On Husqvarna. So there you go. Yeah. He likes change. He's good for yeah. it. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. Maybe it's still him, though. Are you going to stick? Who? I don't know, man. He looks really do? good. We're going to go. You're you're not going to go with one of your KTM homeboys? No. Marv's slow as shit. Cooper left Baker's factory, so he's been chilling. You think? Yeah. He's There's out. No a AP, that's too big of a no switch. No faith in any, any one of your guys over there. They're out, bro. Nothing. Yeah. They're out. AP went from chill Yamaha days to hardcore KTM days. He's not going to like that. 
He's not going to do it. Jeez. I wouldn't count him out. Yeah, I think AP's going to do I'm not. Good. I'm not saying he's going to do bad. I just don't think he's going to win. How about Malcolm Stewart under Alden Baker's program? Bro, I was going to talk the about that. Mix? Like, that could happen. That could be the perfect mix. Yeah. Could Mookie, be. Mookie's always been yeah. a little unmotivated. That, that year he worked with Swanee. Uh, what was that? Moto Concepts when he really started coming out of the box or like out of his shell or whatever, started getting top fives and stuff. And then last year he rode that Yamaha really good. Got a podium. Out of shape too. Yeah, because he was taking mid moto take, breaks. He was taking mid moto yeah, breaks. Slowing down mid moto. So yeah. we're getting in shape Mookie on a kick ass Austrian bike. Mm, minus the kick ass part, but oh yeah, Austrian. God. Yeah. We got that. Could be good. It's white. Could be. I'm down for that. Be good. That'd be good. Or it won't have enough power to pull him around. <laughs> in shape, Mookie, Eric. Yeah, he's th- in he's shape still a now. Big dude, dude, he's like six four. He's yeah. Mookie with well, one O instead of two. Dude. They might just put a little bit higher compression piston in that. <laughs> You're getting keep, keep the those. hot tune. Hey, we're gonna tear down Mookie's bike. No, you can do Dean's. Yeah. It's fine. Do Dean's. <laughs> keep the intake valve open a little bit longer. <laughs> a little more lift. A little more duration. Is this jet fuel on here? Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Uh, oh, I did say that Marv left Baker's factory. I didn't know. That. I just found that out. Yeah, I heard that too. It's not really Marv, a Marv move. Marv and Cooper, like it's a whole new place over there nowadays. It's weird. It looks who's, like it who seems stayed? Like, I don't know. Nobody uh, stayed. No, nobody stayed. Yeah, it's all new crew. There. All new yep. guys. Uh, Hampshire, RJ Hampshire stayed. Oh yeah, yeah. I forgot My about God. him. But he's two fifties. Yeah, Mookie's, and he won't quit Mookie's working, working with uh, David Villeman now. Him. Uh, uh, not Mookie, sorry. Marvin's working with David Villeman, and so is Dylan Fernandez. Yeah. So it's like a whole little Them French, French American team. Yeah. Get out of here, boys. Stevie's, I, I do like David Villeman, though. He's pretty good shit. Sometimes yeah. he talks too yeah. long. And he had a horrible Nichols style. Nichols is working with Villeman, too. Like, Villeman back in the day had horrible technique. He did. But one time at Millville, I watched him wheelie around a corner, and it was a slow corner, and he was going through straight up and down, like 12 o'clock, brake tapping and turning. I watched him do that, and I was like, that's pretty fucking cool. Because he's really tall, <laughs> too. Like, he had limbs hanging off of everywhere. And he just, ar, ar, ar. This 252 stroke around this 90-degree corner. I was like, that's pretty dang cool. How about when he blitzed the whoops in uh, shoe, shoes and shorts and oh, no helmet yeah. on Jessica Patterson's RMZ 250? Yeah. <laughs> Gosh. Can you imagine just having that much talent to be able to go do something like that? Yeah. That'd be awesome. Uh, speaking of French dorks, Marv won Paris. Yeah, and I thought he looked pretty dang good. I did too. I hate that from Marv because like he'll race one time, you're like, yeah, damn, dude, you could win. But, and then he'll race again, and then you're like, what the hell? There yeah, were but- there were no, no whoops, and that's Marv's biggest flaw in Supercross is whoops. Yeah, so, the course, track was basic too. Yeah, I mean, they dude, tamed it down for the to try and get more Cedric, of the GP guys. To Cedric Superos was beating Justin Brayton. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah. what more of a obvious thing do you need? But <clears throat> well, what was that whole mess between Brayton and uh, Antonio Caroli just Caroli cleaned him out, dude? The and uh, then they gave it to Brayton anyway. The overall that for that ri- well, no, Brayton still had um, third okay. overall. Yeah. For I, the, I forgot they're doing like a three moto full yeah. format. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I forgot that. But that was some pretty good racing. It sucks that Roman February crashed though. Just, yeah, Oh my gnarly. God. Did you see the video of that? Yeah, that was Dude, he overshot that on off. He overshot the on just a little bit and he blitzed the off and blitzed right into that triple face. Yeah. And so long partner. Cause he was done for. 
he was he was pretty fast too. Yeah, I was I was impressed. Yeah, I was impressed with quite a few of those European dudes, um, especially especially Subs, like Cedric Subras, dude. He yeah. was killing yeah. it. To He's be, a super grass guy, though. He is. Yeah, yeah, and he was lucky there was no whoops as well for sure. Yeah, but. I had to mute it when I was watching it because it was French commentating. Yeah, I only got I'm to like, watch the first two motos. Like, come on. I only got to watch the first two motos because I know Scooter is not going to let me watch some French race on TV. <laughs> and all being French. She's yeah, back she's there back shaking her head. No, absolutely not. <laughs> this is America, Mike. <laughs> well, and Dusty got to do his first on-off today. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're fun, huh? Yeah, super fun. You jumped onto it? Like in the video? The on-off? Yeah. Yeah, I actually did the on-off. The oh, first time. sick. I've never done one before. I tried to remember. I tried to do it at a fair race, and you called me up there, texted me like, "Come up here when you have a chance." And you told me how I was fucking it up, and then <laughs> yeah. I still fucked it up. Yes, the whole time, all <laughs> yeah. day. It was all day. I did. I tried to help you though. Well, you th- did. You gave me good advice, but I just could not figure it out. Dusty said he's starting to get more into that technical stuff. He likes it. Yeah, just not in a race setting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's cool. It's I cool like to watch it. the pro or like to feel the progress. Like when you're working like with. Technical stuff like that. Yeah, it's yeah, cool. Feel, you feel more in control of the bike. Yep. It's kind of cool. Feels good when you grease something, too. Yeah. So, so were you landing it pretty shallow, or are you going pretty deep? No, pretty deep. So when I unloaded, it barely tap off that little knoll that they had. Yeah. Were you landing like, a little bit with your front, and then yeah. popping off? Yep. Almost flat, but like front first, and then it'd pop right off. Exactly what I was telling you to do, Chris. I couldn't get her figured out. You had to jump pretty far <laughs> into it, though, to get the right pop off of it. When it's weird, because depending on the step on, step off, sometimes if you got to land just past the knuckle and if it has long enough, especially if it doesn't have a lot of lift, you're trying to get a lot of drive. So you try to soak up the on and then as power much power on the all off. the yeah. way. Because that one up Mile City, they didn't have a lip off of it. Now, do you remember that? Had to be all power off. All power. <laughs> like, you, you could... And then you tried to like try to give it a little lift as you come off like a little bounce like when you're squeezing with your ankles yeah, and you're like lifting with your bars to, yeah, <laughs> yeah we've all done that barely clip the off you know the landing but then if they have a little bit of a lip like you're saying like land bounce and then yeah. it's just yeah i think it'd been doable without the little lip on it but yeah yet it's a little bit more technical because you had to hit it right yeah that it creates a lot of fear when there's no lip to go off of though like, yeah and okay. you had to scrub the shit out of it to soak up all your speed because otherwise you'd over jump it and get broke off. Yeah. So did you say that you think they can quad that whole thing? Yeah. Grable did it. Okay. Justin quad God. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. Easily. Nice. I think it's 250. He said a 250F can do it. Quad cool. God. So you could step so. on, step off or double single. Or triple it if you want yeah, to jump over single. it. Yep. Or quad it. Or quad the whole thing. So there's options over quad there. Quad God. Cool. I like that. I like that when there's a little option, you know. The well, double, especially double depending section. if you're battling with someone and you get caught off and you're like, well, I can still step on, step off. I don't have to lay up on the whole thing and screw the whole thing up. I bet the the best racing out of that track tomorrow comes out of that uh, that wall or roller or whatever you want to call into it. Whoops. Into the whoops. Before, into the whoops. And then whatever happens after that, that, that next roller into that next corner, I bet that's where most of your racing happens tomorrow. That'll be a fun little spot yeah. to watch. Thanks for covering this when we were at Indoor Topic. Yeah, sorry, it just came into my head. No, it's all good. It's all good. Just calm down. It's all good. Do you think by the end of the night, anyone will be jumping into the whoops? I I don't know. You got to look at it in real life to know. Because like Dusty said, it's too deep. So you don't don't know what that transition is like. Depends on how they get wore down. Yeah. They could get wore down, you know, because they do get beat down. I don't know. If the first couple aren't that, because that's where everyone's going to be powering through. In Deadwood, when when I walked the track the first, like in that morning, I thought for sure you could double in. 
Like I was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure people will be jumping into these whoops. And, um, Oh yeah. Uh, Hummingston and Donovan were both jumping into the whoops. Actually, I feel like there was somebody else that was doing it too. And I cannot think of it, but anyways, yeah. So I don't know. You'll, you'll know right away in the morning though. I feel like it's one I of think those Austin things. Fort, I think Austin Fort did it. Yeah. Logan. Times. Yeah. Yep. That's the other guy that's doing it. I think there's too many of them to jump in them. Yeah. I mean, just jump into them and then pound out. They're, they're freaking, they're pretty deep. Yeah. The deepest ones I've seen. The transition's yeah. the biggest deal. If it's too deep and too peaky, it's going to hurt too bad to do it. No one's going to want to yeah, anyway. There, there's some that are like the bottoms of it a little bit more peaky and there's some that are rounded. So like you have to figure out which one you're jumping in. I'm more interested to see if anyone's going to jump at all off of that or if they're going to try to soak that up and stay on the ground and then set themselves up really good for the whoops. That's you your know? best bet. Because yep. I feel like your guy that jumps that wall a little bit will be the guy that's jumping through the whoops. It's where the guy that soaks up that wall is going to be your blitzer. You're going to lose so much time jumping into it. Yeah. A lot of time. Just try to soak it up and gas through. Yeah. It'll be interesting how it all plays out. What do you think, Eric? What do you think is going to happen tomorrow in that section? That's, it it's, depends on how they wear down, you know, and how the wall wears down, too. If the wall gets a big, deep rut in it yeah, to where you're not getting any lift, then you can just, just pin it and land out in the whoops and... And sometimes you get those guys that will burn out all the way through, and then it makes that deep groove where that's kind of lined because you're not getting any lift. Yeah. 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 Yeah, we'll just have to see how it wears down, and if they, you know, have to re-prep it and knock them down a little bit more when they prep it, you know. The... And is Eric racing tomorrow? Yeah. Eric said yeah. he was racing tomorrow. I was trying to get him to race the 458 <laughs> class, too. What are you racing, Eric? I'll ride the vet class. I'm an old man. What if, Ooh, what if what if you get hold on warning the Troy Berry's in the vet class? Yeah. <laughs> See, I already warned him. If you're gonna race him in the vet class, you might as well race him in the 450. Yeah, you class. might as well. I've raced Troy a lot. Perfect. Back in the day, it's yep. nothing's yeah. different. He looks exactly the same. Yeah, yeah. probably the a little last, more buff. Last time I raced him was in Sturgis. Uh, well, I came back for a race. It rained a whole bunch when I was living in Georgia, and uh, I forget what year it was. Probably like. 13, 14, something like that. Was it 2014? Probably. That was the year my wife and I met, and her first race ever she went to was a Sturgis race, and it was muddy. Remember that, babe? Yeah, it was Way back super in the day. muddy. And so <laughs> I had my 252 stroke at the time, and the 450 class, like, I uh, didn't want to, I didn't want first gate pick or anything, so I just, like, <laughs> I let everybody else pick their gates first, and then I went all the way to the right side because it was dry all the way up the hill everybody i was like 10 gates away from anybody <laughs> and pulled like an eight bike length hole shot on all these 450s on my two stroke and then the very next moto everybody was out there <laughs> <laughs> yeah didn't take long to catch on huh? yeah. <laughs> who was uh who'd you battle with last time you raced around here uh was that that race it was greg uh troy that I don't think Donovan was there that day, but I think it was just mainly Greg and Troy. Nice. What, uh, there's a picture of you upside down in the first corner, and I'm pretty sure your bike number's 200. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was, um, is, is the number right? Where yep. your bike number 200? That yeah. was down. Chris, you see that number <clears throat> pull right there? I'm, yeah, I'm like staring at the ceiling. It's like, off a picture I seen one that time. That was down in Daytona way. when it's they were doing the. Saw. Seen that it. was down Daytona, right? That yeah, was, that yeah. was in an um, article in one of the. It made it in Racer X, yeah, yeah. The whole thing. So yeah, the 
that was the first turn at the Daytona Amateur Supercross. Oh. Um, I raced it the first two years they had it back, and that one was 2010. I think that picture was taken, or maybe 2011. But uh, yeah, some the dude on the Cowie that was flipping over me, um, the very inside got a huge braking bump, and he hit that and just endoed, locked up his front wheel, and just started flipping. Ass over and, the tea kettle, well, yeah. face over ass, I guess. So. Yeah, and like I was kind of on were, the outside, and you're up front, like you're towards the yeah, front yeah, of the pack. yeah. I yeah, I would have had probably like a third or fourth place start if I yeah. hadn't gotten cleaned out. But <laughs> the bike that the KX that was flipping actually went totally over top of me. The, the guy, there was a guy behind me on a Honda that got hit that ran into me and took us both down. But yeah, that was that was pretty yeah. cool. That was a fun time. That was a fun race. How did we even get on the stock? I don't know. The last part I have in Super Duper Cross is Troll Chain kind of fucking sucks. <laughs> no, he had a rough time. In, oh, he had bike problems, didn't he? Yep. Uh, in what it, it sounded like two out of the three practices, he had bike problems or something like that. It was a yeah. French team. Yeah. And he, he was trying to tell them to change the mapping, and then they went they were changing the CDI box or something <laughs> like that. They went and tore the whole yeah, he bike just wanted down. He just wanted a map change, and they were putting a new yeah. ECU in it. <laughs> That's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of just pressing the button on the handlebar to switch from <laughs> map one to map two, they took it back to the pits and swapped out the ECU. Which, why couldn't Alex just do that himself? Like, does he really not know how to do that, or what? He how does Yamaha, map was how does Yamaha oh, change yeah. maps? Well, they were using a get ECU, and they have, like, five different maps they can switch from on the gets. Oh. And, yeah. Dang. Okay. Anything for Super Duper Cross? I'm freaking excited. I want it to happen right now. I Maybe. am too. I bought I bought Supercross tickets for Glendale. For scooter you did? Ride. That's where we want to go. Let's go. Can we come? Yeah, we're going with Kohlhoffs, Cody and Hallie and Braden. No, oh, sick. It'll be a good time. Are you I'm, flying or driving? We're driving. Oh, I kind of want to fly. Mm. Will you pick me up when I get there? No, but uh, you could ride with us. Mm. <laughs> It'll be really interesting. The dirge? No, we're taking our blazer. Okay, let's go. They come in. Really interesting to see qualifying times because that's going to like tell some tales for a one or what? Yeah, yeah. Even though it's not always accurate, but it's going to tell who's been doing some homework, right? Because everyone practices, everyone thinks they're doing really good, and they'll see qualifying times. Like, ooh, he didn't show up. Game changer. <laughs> yeah, but you never know. I'm excited. I want it to happen right now. Um, are you guys ready for some submitted questions? Or do you yeah. need a break? I can pee. I can pee too. Yeah. All right. Um, TV timeout. Piss break. None, nobody else did that? I had an Andrew Bestian on for a while, but I tore it off. Alexa, sorry, can you Alexa, what's the weather going to be today? Mm. <laughs> What do you think your fir- first podcast, Eric? I'm having a good time. Yeah? Yeah, it's a lot of fun. A lot of shit talking, huh? Yeah. Hey. Uh, I can talk moto forever. Same. Dusty should have the re-intro song. Re-entry. I was going to play the Office theme song. Oh, yeah, that would work. That's great. <laughs> Eric, you watch The Office? I've seen a little bit of it. That's the wrong answer. <laughs> well, thanks for coming, Eric. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't watch much TV either. I'm not a not a music guy. I don't watch much TV. I just I listen to it at night when I go to sleep. Oh, okay. So I got to listen to the, something consistent. Yep. Scooter knows it's the yeah. office every night. She hates it. <laughs> See, we don't have a TV in our room or nothing. Us either. I play it on my phone. She really fucking hates that. <laughs> 
Well, and I don't have a phone that plays anything, so. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> phone life. We haven't gone yeah. down that shit talking road in a while. Yeah. yeah. Kelso it, said we were being too hard on you. Did we get uh, new internet yet? Or yeah, sure did. Oh, yeah. Nice. I, I got broad shoulders. That's all right. You're good? <laughs> yeah. Dude, I've seriously considered going back to a flip phone yeah, many that's, times. It's a great life. It's a great you, life. You leave work and it's gone. Yeah. I could see you having a second one for work because I'm sure with all your... Well, yeah, yeah, you'd yeah. have to. But I have a work phone and my your, personal phone. For your personal, like, that's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> dude, that thing's a brick. It is, dude. That <laughs> <laughs> thing is a brick. Don't forget to replace our table gauge. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> cracked our table in half. No, that's good. I just... I couldn't do it. I'm too... Like, fantasy, I couldn't... There's no way I could do fantasy on a flip phone. I couldn't set my picture. You can't. Don't, it's you a piece of paper. You write it on a paper. <laughs> you write it on a paper. Yeah, you I have your friends do dude, it Dude, I changed you. my picks 300 times before the freaking gate drops. Write so. it on paper. Send a raven. <laughs> <laughs> send your owl in. Yeah. Uh, get your pigeon. My owl would get lost halfway there, and my picks would never make it. That's exactly <laughs> how that would go. <coughs> well, you can still have a tablet. Sorry, closed YouTube. Man, that was a Forgot it. That Forgot was, yeah. I don't pay for premium anymore. Welcome back, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> like, not taper off at all. Welcome back, everybody, to the Flat Tire Factory podcast. We are in our current episode with Eric Molman. Eric, how's everything going for you so far? That's been great, guys. I, I'm enjoying it. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Gage, what do you think? How's your night going? Good. Yeah, I'm having a lot of fun today. Is it cool to kind of shoot the shit with a relative here? Oh, yeah, it's always good. And then it's just a good day, you know. Like I said, we helped some people out. It wasn't overly stressful, and it's just been a good week. Like a nice pre-race day type. Yeah. Not as busy, but not over busy where you're, and it's just a good, uh, you know, I'm excited for tomorrow. You know, nice. It should be really good racing. Um, yeah, yeah, it should be. I mean, I'm stoked. Chris and Dusty are pretty deep in their phones right now. How's that going? I have voice? the questions pulled up. Gage, oh, are you going to be there all day tomorrow, or you get to work in the morning? Yeah, I'll work till one. So we'll yeah. just come up and, uh, you know, because there's a lot of times throughout the day someone needs something or another, yeah. and so we'll uh, accommodate. But then we'll definitely go up and be there at six for the main. I send a lot of people your way on race day. Not well, Not you. every race day, but quite a few. I'm like, oh, yeah, Gage Mullen, your guy, your guy. Oh, yeah, yeah. he's open. Here's his cell phone number. Yeah, I mean that's what we're here for. I mean that's what we do is help racers out. That's what it's that's what we've always been about is trying to help people and riders, you know, get to the best of their ability and their goals. Like yeah. that's you know the whole reason we started the shop. We that's, knew it was never a multi-million dollar idea, but if we can help the locals and try to get them to where they want to be with bike setups, with you know their proper gear, um, you know we've been through the ringer. You know, not just me and my son friends family you know and just trying to help them get to where they want to be and help them reach their goals that's what we're about yeah you guys are a true race shop like you get the full experience here it's super cool yeah you're the only one with a podcast in the back too yeah, yeah. hey and that's yeah. this suck is, it power sports <laughs> <laughs> well it's just anything we can do to help get back to the racing community you know and it's nice to talk about riders and and know that people are watching them and know that people are acknowledging them and the effort it's a lot of work even at the lowest level of this sport there's a lot of commitment yeah i mean you're in it deep no even if you're just beginning into it you're you know the the cheapest 50 riders are still vested pretty yeah. heavy yeah 
You have to be, too. And the risk is there. It's not like you're going to a swim meet where if something happens, you know, the worst you can do get is a pulled hammy. Hey, easy. I did a <laughs> promo video for a swim team the other no, day. No, I'm not saying, I'm not talking down to anything, but the risk is really high here. Right. Like, yeah, for sure. It could be a life-changing event at any time. Yeah. And a lot of us had those. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And so the risk is super high. It's not like, you know, the worst thing you're going to get is a, you know, broken finger or hangnail or something. I mean, like, and so everyone's vested very deep and we acknowledge that. Like we, we understand that. And so we try to do the best we can to help people, you know, reach their goals. And it, it's very rewarding, even at the local level. So swim, yeah. swim video boys. This is your fault, Gage. Oh, man. Do we have <laughs> <laughs> You got to remember, no one I else can see this. How come I can't figure out Facebook videos? No, it's terrible radio, Chris. Nobody else. Is I don't care. We're watching it. <laughs> you should tell them what it is so they can watch it. It's sometime. a swim video. <laughs> you did all this? Yeah, I did. This is all your handiwork? Yeah. So, you should turn that down. Okay, Chris. Not yet. Oh, you're peeking. Oh, there it is. So you have a 30-second video, right? That's yep. how long this thing is. How long did it... How many minutes of editing and video did you actually start with? And this is your end product. When I quote people videos, yes, um, it takes me two hours to make 30 seconds of final product. So about an hour of filming and about an hour of editing. Okay. That's like after you get your computer fired up and it gets pissed at you one time and has to reset... That's me getting there and getting my camera and like looking at where we're at. So about two hours for thirty seconds is what it ends up being. And what do you actually get into it? Depends on what it is. Sometimes they go fast. Sometimes they suck. Because I know, like sometimes, like you know, you quote a suspension job, and all of a sudden you run into walls. And I'm gonna stand up to my quote. I mean, that's no, I flat rate it. So that's what you're paying. Yeah. Whether it takes me less or longer. Yeah. That's what you're paying. Because you, cool. you, you run yeah. into. Snakes, I know, I know yeah. sometimes it's like we got eight hours into a job and it's like I can only charge four because this is what the job should have took. Right. But yeah. Well, if every project went easily, they wouldn't be called projects, right? <laughs> yeah. 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 I guess with everything. That's the only way to job. keep anything yeah. fair. This yeah, is yeah. what you pay no matter how long it takes me, right? Because at the end of the day, it's not your fault that I fucked up. Like, right. I get that too. That's how like mechanic but, shops work too. Like anyway, where I work, you know, if they're like, hey, I want this done. They're like, that's seven hours. Well, if you get a guy on it that's never done it, it'll take him 11 hours. We can't charge you 11 hours because we put someone on it that doesn't have experience. Right. When it would take another guy five hours. Right. So yeah. this is what it is. Because the book time's an average. Right? right. It's not a yeah. best guy did seven hours. Like yeah. average dude did seven hours. Yeah. Well, and sometimes you run into something where it's like you start taking something apart, and as you're taking apart, a bolt breaks, and now you got the rest of the day. Yeah. Because been there many times. Yeah, it's seized in there because someone ran it in cross thread, and <laughs> now it's a whole nother, whole nother job. But what's the? Uh, I got a question for you, Gage. What's the worst one that you've ever like diagnosed or like diagnosing a bike or something? You worked and worked and worked on it, and it almost had you to just freaking out. Point. Actually, that one. I think the, the, there's a lot of them, you know, there's a lot of things that you, but you know, I don't let machines beat me. It's, it's like something in my DNA and I'm sure Eric has that same mentality. Yeah. And I think all you moments have that same mentality. Like it's a machine that can't beat you. And I don't get upset. I get 
I get frustrated because I'm trying to see what it wants. Everything it, it has everything it needs. Like what else does it want? Um, one that got me was uh, a Honda. the shredder. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> that thing too. No, but uh, there's a Honda that was in that. Um, put a new top end in, you know, new timing chain, new valves. We checked to make sure the valves were seated properly. Everything was good. You know, didn't have any leak by or nothing. And we go to start it. Thing won't start. It's new cylinder, new piston. Is this in the old shop? This is just a couple weeks ago. Oh, okay. Here. I I remember one from the old shop. Then. What year Honda was it? An '06 carbureted then. Yep. Yeah. And so, and we went through the carburetor valves, did, and you said new valves, new valves, and we did a full rebuild. But the thing had a Chinese carburetor on it, and I asked them to bring the stock carb in, and we rebuilt the stock carb because those Chinese carbs are not they're good. junk. Yeah. Yep. You can't, can't get them tuned. Tuned. And I told him that. He's like, well, the the other one had a lot of problems. I'm like, we'll do a full mid body, full body rebuild on the whole thing. And it's like it has everything it should need. What's like, a total rebuild in a carb? Like max, you're gonna spend to rebuild this carb. Man, you could get a couple hundred bucks into it. Two hundred bucks though. I mean, that's, most. That'd be the not, high end. Yeah. That's that's super high end. Yeah. That's like you need a slide. Like. So just for people out there, you're better off doing that than buying the cheap one off of eBay from China because it's oh sucks. for sure yeah yeah the Chinese little, carbs little never PSA right. announcement for yeah. you guys and most of the time it's around or under a hundred bucks if not including taking the carb off not but that's you know you're doing that anyway right but yeah carb rebuild most kits are like forty to fifty bucks and for mid carb it's like twenty bucks so you might get you know seventy bucks in parts you know but anyway we did all this stuff. And the thing wouldn't start. Once you got started, it ran great. Once it warmed up, it's restart every time. But original was, start? Original first start, especially if the bike was cold at all. Didn't matter, choke, no choke. We've tried different jetting. We tried leaning it way out, tried to go richer. And it, it was really frustrating because once it started, it start first kick. Once you got started. And I, I mean, we even had the flywheel off, so we cleaned the pickup coil, the stator. Like, everything was clean because I thought maybe it was an electrical connection. But when we did the new timing chain, I mean, that was all right there. So we cleaned it all. And it was really, really frustrating. And uh, I started thinking maybe it was timing. And I actually talked to Greg Hermanson. And he was here we were doing some suspension stuff. And I was talking with him about it. And <clears throat> it ended up being... It had touched a valve at some time and spun the cam gear on the cam by a couple degrees. You couldn't see it because usually when they touch off, they'll spin the cam gear enough where it's like the lobes don't line up properly when you put it on tap dead center. Well, this one was only a couple degrees. So it would run and it would run fine and it would restart fine, but initial start, the timing was off just enough where it wouldn't start properly. And that just couple degrees was enough to make it really really hard to start dang so i ordered and i told the customer i'm like this might not fix it but we'll order an, another cam and the cam from 04 to 09 was the same honda doesn't make it anymore they're obsolete really yeah honda doesn't make hardly any parts for like stuff that's like 10 15 years old for it's impossible to get parts yeah you kind of forget that it's that old you know like once once you start talking about those yeah. years you're like oh that was only like four years ago yeah, but the 0409 was the same cam. They don't make them anymore, so we ordered a, a hot rod stage one cam because this is just going up on a ranch, you know. 
and uh, put it in, started first kick. Dang. Every time. Didn't matter. Colby let it sit outside and get real cold and went out and started like second kick. Actually, like, you see that. I've seen that a lot on mainly on 250s that get blown up at high RPM. If the if the piston hits the valve at all, like doesn't matter what brand of bike it is. I've seen them slip, slip the cam gear on the cams. Well, the thing is, is we didn't know that it had done that. You yeah, know, but it's hard to tell. Yeah. Most and of the time it's only a few degrees. Like you said, it's yeah. not much. And it had ran before, but it had, the thing had parked for four years because the carb was bad and they were struggling with everything else plus this. And so it was just like this yeah. project that was the bane of my existence for about a month or two there. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, I only know, ever had one that I never did get figured out, but it wasn't, uh, I was close, but the customer, it was an old, like, early 2000s Honda four-wheeler and uh, the customer just didn't want to spend any more money on it so the plug on you yeah that drive you nuts a little bit it kind of did yeah I was like man I really wanted to know what was wrong with it but I remember back in the day there was another one at Gage's shop this was the old shop and he had gone through everything and then uh uh do you remember this Gage it was it was in your old shop you'd gone through freaking everything on the spike I I really want to say it was another Honda and you finally gave up, and you uh, you tested the gas, and the gas wasn't flammable. That was an old uh, XT500. Okay. Yeah. I just remember you were throwing your entire brain at this freaking dirt yeah. bike. And then you were just like... When it was still... A point, like the points, fuel hasn't... Maybe the fuel's not even flammable or some shit like that. Well, yeah, because the guy was trying to build a really nice XT500, and he's putting all these parts into it. And, uh, yeah, the thing wouldn't fire off. And like I, yeah, like you said, we did everything, full rebuild. Everything is good. Well, and <clears throat> I thought the only thing that's left is the fuel's not flammable. I put it in a bowl, tried to ignite it, and it wouldn't ignite. And so I called the guy and said, "What did you put in this thing for fuel?" And he's like, "Well, I put jet fuel in." Like, ah, sick. I was like, "Aviation fuel or jet fuel?" He's like, "No, jet fuel." Like jet A. <laughs> yeah, diesel. I'm like that's. Yeah. High grade diesel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like that. Yeah. You can't run that in the bike. That's the only other time I could think of that you had a bike that you just almost couldn't figure out and you were like at your wits end. And yeah. I mean, and it's frustrating because who would think? I yeah. mean, yeah. in an old XT 500 that someone had tried to put jet fuel in it. Right. Because he told me he put all new fuel in it and because the thing had sat for a while and we went through the whole thing. He's like, yeah, it's fresh. You know, I cleaned the tank out, put all new fresh fuel in, and he worked out like uh, MG oil. And so I figured he'd know, like, you know. You like, would think. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, to have <laughs> fuel that's not flammable, <laughs> diesel. <laughs> oh, it's it's flammable. You just have to compress it Press a hell of a lot yeah. more <laughs> than yeah. 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 Maybe <laughs> spray it a little bit, too. Yeah. <laughs> not have an old carb. Yeah. Are you ready for question time? Oh, let's hear it. Dusty, this first one is for you. Yeah. Hmm? Who's this from? Um, this is from, I want you to pronounce his last name. Wait. Don't read the text, just pronounce it. Koth. Okay. Blake Koth. Blake Koth. Oh, Blake, yeah. Um, I would like to know Dusty's favorite Nickelback song. Oh, my God. <laughs> Look at this photograph. <laughs> can, can you give us an answer <laughs> he, on that one? No, he knows I hate that fucking band. <laughs> okay. You're a Nickelback hater? Yeah, I hey, hate Nickelback. 
What concert only costs 45 cents to go to? Featuring 50 Cent featuring Nickelback. Oh my God. <laughs> Little dad joke for you, boys. That was a pretty sick dad joke, bro. <laughs> <laughs> That's the first sound drop of the whole night. No, I played... Oh, when you, you announced Derek, yeah. oh, nice. Also, how is he going to feel about them whoops tomorrow? I don't know, because I'm not racing. He's not racing. He tested today, Blake. Sorry. Yeah. I went around him every time, too. <laughs> Didn't do him once. <laughs> Um, also, tell Mike to pronounce my na- last name correctly on the podcast. That's all I want for Christmas. Yeah, Blake Koth. He says it's Kauth, but that's wrong. If you read it, it's Koth. <laughs> He's wrong. It's not, it's not my fault. Him and Camden Dooney, they say it's Camden Dooney. That's wrong. It's Camden Dooney. It <laughs> <laughs> sounds way better, dude. <laughs> it's great. So what about Troy Berry? It's Troy Berry. What about Troy Berry? You don't, you don't have any other way to pronounce it? Troy fucking Barry. It's Troy fucking Barry, Gage. <laughs> you can't mess that up. Was this your first day? <laughs> <laughs> then it says, as for you, Chris, I have nothing. You are just a saint. Oh, look at Fist you bump, go. winky face. That sounds a little aggressive. Kelsey should be alarmed. Uh, this one's from Tizer Thompson. Question for Mike. Oh, great. Why doesn't your Suzuki turn? Yeah, so he rode my bike the other day. <laughs> I thought that was one thing Suzuki's had. No, here's my thing with well, Tizer. That's all right, let's hear it. So we're we're out at Bestions, and the track is hard. Like a uh, the 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 ground is hard. Do you know what I mean? And there's a bunch of old ruts from the last time we rode. So the track was pretty shitty. What's well, night out there? Pretty much shale, more shale. shale. Yeah. Um, Tizer weighs ninety pounds. My bike's set for two twenty. So I told him, hey, it's gonna be a little stiff, buddy. So. Be warned. <laughs> then I also hopped on Tizer's bike, which felt like a pogo stick. I literally bottomed that thing out in a corner. <laughs> like, I felt the shock hit bottom and stay there for a second until I apexed out of the corner. I was like, dang. So I could see why Tizer doesn't think that my bike corners. I agree with Tizer. Yeah, the forks, the forks <laughs> didn't move. 90 pounds and it's set up for 220. <laughs> yeah, so my bike, I could totally see how it didn't handle yeah, for him. Yeah, yeah, I get that. But Is that your answer? Yes. You're done? That was my answer. Okay. Tanner Vansicle. Question for the boys. Regardless of championships, who is the most talented supercross rider of all time? Motocross rider? Either one. I got it. I got both answers. Separate motocross and supercross riders? Yeah. Yeah. I I got it. McGrath, supercross, Carmichael, outdoors. Okay. Chris, you got one? I'm going to the next question, so skip me. I'm thinking... Car... Carmichael Outdoors for sure. Um, he's he's gnarly. Stu. James Stewart was gnarly on Supercross. He, he was did, gnarly. Did more quads than anybody else on 252 strokes. Also came from dead last to first in Toronto. Literally dead last he, he to that, first. He that, did that outdoor too, though. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm yeah. not saying that he was a bad outdoor rider either, but I think Stu is a phenomenal fucking Supercross rider. Yeah, he was. He was... Fun to watch for sure. So I'm going to go Stu and RC. Well, I think one thing back in the grass day is a lot of guys didn't have the facilities and training that they have availability to them today. Because back then there wasn't a lot of people that had super cross tracks they could ride. Well, back then there was nobody that trained either because Carmichael fucked that up for everybody. Yeah, but no, they <laughs> trained. They they didn't train like Ricky, but they trained. Yeah, they trained pretty yeah, that's, hard. Yeah, that's true. But, but not like the level that everyone is today. So yeah. to find someone that's going to do it McGrath did is going to take someone at a whole different mindset, whole That's different true. level. Because 
most people's careers don't last seven years in Supercross. Right. You know, and he won seven championships. Like that's that, that is gnarly. I and MC he was almost great. yeah for sure almost had a perfect Supercross season. Yeah, lost one race. Yeah, that just won fourteen happen. won fourteen out of fifteen races one year. Like, dude, I mean, Ricky and James have both had perfect outdoor seasons, but they've never come close to a perfect. No indoor supercross season, but you you have to admit Stu's raw speed, he was, was insane in yeah. supercross. No, I mean as far as my, in my opinion, as far as sheer talent goes, Stu Stu Stu, yeah. hands down like, on both, huh? Yeah, the dude can do things and sees things on the track that nobody ever has done. You know, he wadded his brains out half the time too. But well, like even he said, I was willing to win or die trying. Yep. That was his attitude. Yeah. And Carmichael's thing was... He took it race I, by race. It Carmichael's thing was uh, he hated losing more than he loved to win. Like, yeah. That's fucking gnarly if you think yeah. about that for a second. Like, that's that's intense. Yep. yep. Stu, like, no fun. Stu could do things on the bike that... Stu was more... He was willing to do things that the bikes were not capable of doing. Yeah. And nobody else, like, was willing to go. Like, he would... There was uh, one of my... A, one of my coworkers, he's a good friend of mine now. He uh, he was Tim Ferry's mechanic in 07, I guess it was, for the outdoors. And he talks about going testing with Stu. And, uh, like, that was, the yeah, like, Stu was on Cowie 450 then too. Huh? Yeah, until well, 08 was his perfect season uh, outdoors. But uh, they go to like Glen Helen testing and, you know, where typical, you know, even the guy like Tim Ferry would shift to fourth down the big hills and then pin it for a little bit. Stu would shift all the way up to fifth and pin it all the way down the hill and hit bumps that should have never been hit at 80 miles an hour down that hill. And then, you know, get head shake and go off the track and all oh, my setups way off, my setups way off. And they're like, dude, you're going 30 miles an hour faster than everybody at that same spot on the track. Yeah. But he was willing to do more than what the bikes were capable of doing in he wasn't, just, yeah, just no fucks to give whatsoever. Yep. Just, mm, I'm good. Now, I think if Wide they would have had the technology to make the bikes do what he wanted them to do, you know? Yep. Well, so they, in the four-stroke days, you know, now it's normal, but in the early four-stroke days, data acquisition was kind of new. Um, but they, you know, they put sensors on the shifter and the clutch lever and see how many times you're shifting a lap and stuff like that. And uh, <laughs> compared to like Tim Ferry on a supercross track where he would shift on average maybe five, six times a lap, Stu was shifting like 35, 40 times a lap. He just held the RPMs at the exact spot where the engine made the most power and would just constantly be shifting. And he was up shifting sometimes twice going through the whoops and he didn't even know it. They were, tell- they were showing him on the data like, yeah, you're up shifting twice in the whoops. And he's like, no, I'm not. That's stupid. I would never do that. <laughs> and they're like, well, at this time stamp is when you were going through the la- the the whoops and you got two upshifts. What the? F- and he had no idea he was even doing it. That's like, insane, dude. <laughs> a lot of times when you're at that level, it's like uh, when you get real good at brake tapping, you don't think about, I brake tapped, you just do it. Yeah. I'm sure like, okay, I'm in the meet. I'm out of the meet. I need to be back in the meet. Shift back up again, you know? Just to do it because it's instinct and not because you're thinking about it. Yeah, and Stu would Stu would uh, use the same set of brake pads the entire Supercross season. 
I, I've heard just that. Roll, he'd yep. roll the turn so fast and use the turn to slow down. Yeah, because he even said, like, yeah. I don't. A whole season of Supercross on the same brake pads. Yep. He said, I don't use the brakes in corners. I just yep. slam into them. Like, yep. There's no reason to use and brakes. And he, he wasn't a clutcher either. Like, he he would go, they would just change the clutch just, just to make sure that he didn't have an issue with it. But they were You like, did not see Stu have a lot of mechanicals now that I think about that. Nope. Yeah. Actually, yeah. Holy shit. I never yeah. ever thought about that. No, most of his mechanicals were after he wadded the bike up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I get it if he crashes his brain down and stuff, but yeah, yeah, we we talked about starting this podcast. That's gnarly, though. Yeah, I never yeah. thought about that. Yeah, not no, a clutcher, huh? Stu was he would yeah his natural ability on a bike was unbelievable. Like the things he would do, just that just came second nature to him. Yeah, well, so I seen him in red. Seen him in redbud. He was walking by, and I like. Had to ask him something, but I was a little starstruck. And I was like, Stu, you miss it? And he pulled his mask down and he just goes, nah. And then kept on walking. I was like, that was the coolest <laughs> two seconds of my life right there. <laughs> yeah. Next, oh. next to you. Oh, go ahead, Gage. Wait, one more thing about Josh Grant. Since I forgot about this until you said that he ran into someone at a race. Sarah, right? I was going to remind you about this when you were talking about him. but Sarah, so we were walking in the pits. And it's so crowded, you know. And so we're going back to go to one of the, you know, places to get another autograph. And we're walking along, and it, Sarah's trying to get thin, and there's racers walking, and there's pits, and she shoulder checks this guy, and it spins him around where he looks at her like, what was that? And I'm right behind watching this whole thing. It was Josh Grant. <laughs> and Sarah didn't even know that she Did you run away? No. <laughs> I was just laughing, and Sarah's like, "Sorry, you know," and kept on just looking forward and going. I'm like, Sarah, did you notice he just shoulder checked Josh Grant? <laughs> <laughs> and as it was, and I were both lying, laughing our asses off, you know. And Sarah's like, "No, it wasn't." I'm like, "No, that was Josh Grant," and I mean, almost knocked him over. That's awesome because <laughs> he was talking to his mechanic or someone as they're walking, and this is at A one. And so he wasn't paying attention, and Sarah's just trying to get thin and, and walk through the crowd and just totally shoulder-checked him. That was pretty funny. Yeah. That's awesome. Thick Bomb 609 wants to know, is this always going to be a No Girls Allowed Club? Um, One, we had a Mother's Day episode, yeah. and Scooter's sitting over there right now. Yeah. So, I don't know. <laughs> I guess not. <laughs> <laughs> The Woman Haters Man Club yeah. or whatever. No, fuck that. This is for the boys. <laughs> <laughs> Cody wants to know, who's the biggest goon rider on the podcast? Christopher Sudo. I slapped on that early. He answered already. I was quick. Um, I'm probably the least talented. Mm, I don't think least talented. I would no. say. No. I don't think so. I don't think so either. I think you're maybe, no offense, least motivated. Mm-hmm. I'm scared of things now. Yeah. But I feel like the talent's in there. Oh. It's buried, but it's in there. <laughs> it's in there somewhere. Um, okay, let me get to the other ones. Sorry. Well, it depends on what, what era you're talking about, too, you know. Yeah. Everyone's what, had their, their moment. What do you guys think about thumb throttles on dirt bikes? Gay. No. I think that's... <laughs> I've seen some guy. <laughs> dangerous. I think that's a good way to die. Yeah. Who was They it? shouldn't even be on four uh, wheelers. <laughs> someone on the, was it Mansbarter or something, was looking for a thumb no, throttle. it wasn't even Mansbarter. It was Mike's page. Oh, it was A&M. Yeah. 
Uh, Maybe it was this was dude. Was it Nathan McNulty? That's who asked us. Nathan <laughs> McNulty. Nathan, do not put a thumb throttle on your dirt bike. What you need to do, you need to take your right hand and and put it as flat as you possibly can and just slap the shit out of yourself for thinking of that. <laughs> thumb throttles do not belong on um, dirt bikes. Who was the dude? Personal who was the opinion. freestyle dude that was running a Tom thumb Parsons. throttle? Tom Parsons. Why was he doing that? He broke his hand? No, he did something with his ligaments. Well, that, I can see that's your exception. You get one exception. That's it. Yeah, he couldn't use his wrist. Yeah. So, and he said he hated it. So, <laughs> Eric, okay. Eric, what's your what's your thoughts on this? Yeah, I mean, I already thumb, blew the dude. Out. Yeah, thumb throttles are McNulty. Not on a bike. You're a pretty no cool, dude. I just think that is a ridiculous idea. Well, now Sorry. I'm curious. I kind of want to try it. <laughs> I think well, it'd be so bad. Can you imagine, like, I don't know. Can you imagine if you like case something. Okay, so if you case something with your regular throttle, you just like let go, right? Keep your hand on. Just don't. Let it twist. Yeah, but if you, like, blow out on something yeah. with your hands, it's full throttle. Later, dirt bike. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. That would be dangerous. I suppose you could rig it up if you really wanted to because obviously it's been done. But uh, Why? I've heard of the opposite, people converting thumb throttles to twist throttles. Yes. That happens more than the other way, for sure. We're all in agreement. No. Yeah. No. But now I kind of want to. Sorry. See what it feels Sorry, like. No, yeah, I kind of, I kind of try it. No, Gage, can you get us a thumb throttle? We'll put I mean, it on the Suzuki in case we wreck it. <laughs> By no. Suzuki, he means your crotch rocket. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh no, my god! A thumb throttle on your Jixer? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that would be bad. That speed bump hits different now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I need an eject button and a really good parachute. <laughs> What's one adjustment slash modification you do to your bike that everyone else thinks is strange? Mike. Um, I roll my bars back pretty far. Uh, a lot of people don't like that. I do it for a couple of reasons. Uh, it eliminates, not eliminates, but it helps with high-speed wobble. Um, and I feel like it helps you corner a lot better when you roll your bars back. Um, you feel like I feel like you have a lot more control. But if you've never ridden with bikes with their bars rolled back, like... I know Greg Hermanson, for instance, absolutely hates my setups, but he runs his bars straight with the forks. And to be fair, I hate his setup, so it's it works out great. Hmm. Eric? Well, and a oh, lot of people man. on the rollback, the new generation is doing it more and more because of the scrub. Oh, you yeah. know, you see a lot of the a lot of guys talked about how they kept rolling their bars back more and more because the scrub is way more comfortable to be able to do that and feel more natural. And like you said, once you get used to a setup, it feels natural, but when you change, it's very unnatural. So yeah. it limits you too. Shout you out know. to Gage too, because he can almost put a set of bars on my bike, and I barely have to move them. Like you yeah. know, pretty much where yeah. I want them. And yeah. are, do you think that they're pretty far back or not terrible? Not terrible. As far back than I run them, but that's you know. How like, often do you need bars on your bike? Wait, how tall are you? Five uh, eleven. Did that change your life right there? Or what? Uh, Original I, question. I you you went deep in thought. How often do you need bars on your bike that Gage knows where you like them? Uh, pretty much one set of bars per bike. Well, and they come with bars. Yeah, I, I I like a specific bend. Oh well, and some well, I'm with too. you on that. Like they have my bar bend, and I can't my bar bend else and feels ex weird. exactly where the where yeah. I want them. Yeah. Well, and sometimes too, it's like we're doing something else to the bike, so we have it stripped down, and we have to put it back together. So it's not always changing bars. It's we're doing something else and we need to remove the bars to get to it. You know, it'd be a, a bar mount or changing something in triple or a headset bearing or something. We have to remove them. So we have to reset them back to where they were. 
Eric, what weird shit do you do your bike? Uh, not really anything weird. I guess uh, I like my rear brake pedal really high. Like a lot of people don't like that, but for me, it it uh, it, it forces me to keep my, keep on the ball of my foot. You know, otherwise, I'm dragging the rear brake all the time. So, um, other than that, my setup's pretty neutral. It's kind of a you know, I've dialed it in over the years, and it's just it, I don't know anybody. Everybody jumps on my bike and pretty much feels right at home, except for the brake pedal. Nice. I do you like sensitive brakes? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Me too. Fuck. Super I love sensitive. Yeah. Yeah. I love a touchy front brake, dude. Mm, yeah, that that gets me going. <laughs> gets me excited. Uh, yeah. Dusty. Oh, freaking go ahead, Gage. Well, I was gonna say, <laughs> get in there, dude. When you get used to sensitive brakes, you don't go from zero to thirty percent. You learn how to modulate very nice, and you can use one finger. You can feather it. it. Yeah, and way less arm pump because you're not mashing on it. And a lot of the guys that say, you know, I I barely use my front brakes, it's like you need to get over that because that's how you go fast is, you know, yeah. being able to use that front brake, rear brake. Is it bad if you barely use your back brake? That's me, man. Because I, I barely touch like my back. Yeah. Two to three sets of front brake pads to one set of yeah. rear I can ride without a rear brake, but I yeah. cannot ride without a front brake. Right. I just can't do it. Usually, rear brakes like an oh shit moment. Eh. I mean, a rear brake does have its place and its time or whatever, but I, I do not use it nearly as much as yeah. I do my front. And I, I thought that I'd barely ever use my rear brake until I lost it at Sturgis that time, and then you realize, I don't consciously use it, but I use it for setups. I use it for different things. Um, like Michael Cook was a major brake dragger. I mean, he went through discs and pads like you'd smoke them all the time and kind of went over that once before but um you're using it not just for stopping you're using it for you know setting something up you know down a straightaway or down a downhill rough downhill or something but as far as slippery corners you just lightly drag it it digs it helps your rear wheel dig into the dirt it does it like sets you in the rut and you're like velcroed in now if you can if you can learn how to just modulate that a little bit it is insane how much that helps you. Break big braking bumps, just barely drag it. Yep. Helps stabilize your suspension. But stay yeah, on the gas and yeah. use that brake to modulate. It almost speed a like bit. deadens the bump. Yep. Like it just you almost don't even notice it. Especially there. down steep downhills that get real rough, and you can be on the gas pretty hard and and drag that rear brake, and it just makes it to the bike doesn't buck so hard, so it's not bouncing right. all over. I heat fractured my rear disc in Sturgis, and I was able to race. But if that would have been a front, I would have I would have been out. Yeah, like there's, there's, I just, like I just cannot ride without a front brake. I can't do it. Yeah, and I've I've lost my front at Sturgis too. You freaking wadded after the hundred footer. Yeah, yeah, went past the berm and everything. Yeah, I launched off the berm and almost hit some people in the crowd and had to go around the backside of them because that's where a lot of people stood for cheering people on or you know doing pit board or pit whatever. boards or whatever. But I went behind a bunch of them. And they're all looking at me like, what the hell? I'm like, I lost my brakes. <laughs> and I said, <laughs> back off. But uh, yeah, I've lost. And Sturgis has always been weird. It's always had weird gremlins. Like I'd had my clutch, the inner and outer baskets weld themselves together. On the starting line, I was revved up, you know, the 32nd board started walking away. And I had the bike revved out, clutch pulled in and the bike just launched. And I was like, everyone looked at me like, like dude. <laughs> Way to go, new guy. <laughs> yeah. And I... So kept trying to pull it back, and it kept trying to launch. And then, yeah, my inner and outer uh, hubs friction weld themselves together on the on the bushings in there. I've had some bad luck at Sturgis myself. It's just weird. If I'm going to have gremlins, that's where it's going to happen. Yep. Because I've lost both front, 
rear and then have my clutch lock up there. So this is going to be a really, really good day or I'm going to have these weird gremlins. I don't know. I had my quick adjust for my clutch fallout in Sturgis once. That was weird. Like, have no idea how that happened. But yeah, that, that happened. And actually, Robert Grable pulled one off of his four-wheeler and jammed it into my clutch perch to where my lever would work enough to where I could finish the moto. Nice. So I was, I was stoked about that. And then I led an entire moto at Sturgis, like one of the fastest times I felt like I ever rode a dirt bike. Two corners from the end, I stalled it in the corner. Yep. And I kicked that son of a bitch for freaking ever. <laughs> this is when everybody had kicked dirt bikes back I was going to say, why, why were yeah. you Dude. kicking it, man? <laughs> mad at it? I was just kicking, 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 <laughs> and then it wouldn't. St- and Tanner Neiman, he went by you yep. for the win. Finally, somebody went by me. <laughs> And then, boom, after somebody passed me, the freaking bike turned right back on. I was watching Mike that day, and uh, in that bottom corner where you stalled it, on every other lap, he's coming through that, and it didn't even look real. He's coming in, and it's like a slingshot. He hit that corner and was out so fast. And then that one the last lap. It was just one of those corners. days where everything was clicking until that last freaking yep. moto or whatever. It was like he like, was railing that corner faster than anyone else. He was good everywhere else, but that, that one corner, it was insane. Goddamn dirt bikes. <laughs> um, that love-hate relationship. Do you want me to tell you who this is, or do you want me to just read it and you can guess? Let's just read it. What is the best loop-out you've ever seen, and do you think the person who did it should be required to recreate it every race, or the photo should d- be displayed before the main events every race? I know who that is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with... <laughs> I was gonna say Derek Haug just to piss Donovan off, but no, that's Ryan Peters, hundred percent. Ryan Peters, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yes, I think that should be a banner across the gates at the next indoor. For there sure. Do you think we could get it like the size of my banner up there? Yeah, just print it on there. God, that bugs me. Huh? I don't Who think has that's that fucking straight? Right Who has there. that photo? The original photo. That gap and this gap. Um, right I think right Cody now. took that photo. That yeah. was great. Cody Grable got that one? Yeah, Cody Grable. make a poster out of that. I think we should make a life-size one. Eric, do you know the backstory about what we're talking about here? Yeah, I've heard about it. Yeah. Yeah. Donovan, there's a picture of Donovan where not even his rear fender or his rear tire are on the ground. I think I've actually seen the picture, too. He's at like a... Just look at Ryan Peters. Yeah, just type in Ryan Peters Peters on Facebook. It's it's his main profile (laughs) pic. Freak me, I have the internet. (laughs) Yeah, I think I've seen that picture. Okay, you good? Um... I'm not going to tell you who said this one either. Do you think it's lack of masculinity or the baldness that keeps Derek from racing outdoors? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go Donovan Lindsley. And <laughs> I don't know, man. Uh, I feel like could be baldness. He doesn't like the heat, and it could be because it gets sunburnt on the yeah, top of his head. you got to watch out for the sun a little bit, yeah. So I'm going to go with baldness. It does steam. <laughs> it yeah. steams when it gets hot. Yeah. Also, when he thinks too hard. Yeah. And a lot of times, summertime, you get so busy, and I, I get that. Schedule's busy, but, you know, if you want it, you'll sacrifice whatever it takes to get there. So, well, like with not very many tracks around here, you have to travel a long way, too. It's like, more, it, it does make it tough, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. where you guys, you race Gillette, obviously, and then Casper, and where else? That's the new VP right there, Mr. Christopher Sudo. Bowman, North Dakota. Bowman, Dickinson, North Dakota. That's a haul, yeah. Where else are you guys going this year? Dickinson, North Dakota. Uh, Two Deadwood races. Nice. Deadwood would be good, yeah. James Carter's putting those on. You need to come down for one of those areas. I tried to come to the one uh, this year. It 
just with work schedule and everything, I just wasn't able to make it. Gosh, and dang, that was such doing, a fun event. We're doing two it's good. It's it a cool. show is what it was. Yeah. I cannot wait fun. for the next one, boys. Well, with the freestyle show incorporated with it, I mean, it felt way yeah. bigger than what it was. And it still was big, but it just felt like a really cool event. Like everyone atmosphere. had fun. And they kept the crowd there the whole night. It was really good. It was cool. Um, CJ Wesley, what is one bike you wish you'd never sold and one bike you wish you would have bought? One bike I Before, wish I would. did you buy? Um, Not yet. Um, I, I got to buy a house. Dad. I got to buy a house before I can buy any more dirt bikes. Oh, see, scooter. It's sitting in my garage and it's waiting for it. Yeah. Mm. It'll be there It'll when be I'm ready. There It'll be there when it's time. Yeah. yeah he's the only one that scooter said no more dirt bikes, huh? Not until I get a, not until we, we get a house. Sweet. Also can't have kids until we have a house. Way to hold the line, Scoot. She does. She puts a hard foot down. Yep. She lets me get away with murder, though, so... Bike you wish you had never sold. RM85, that shit was sick. Had a fucking power valve in it. Sick. It was sick. <laughs> Love that RM85, dude. You can just go buy a brand new one. It's the same bike. Yeah. It's the same thing. Mine had sweet... Uh, <laughs> you guys. I got hours in this chair, dog. All right. The one bike I wish I had never sold... RM two fifty two stroke, sold it. Oh, I was the one with the fucking tear offs. Yeah, dude, I love that bike. Have you owned anything other than a Suzuki? Yeah, I've he had, had Cowies. I've had a Honda. I've had Hondas, Yamahas. I've had. He had Honda one fifties. You haven't had a KTM. Everything but a KTM or Idiot. a Husqvarna or a Gas Gas. Idiot. KTM or any of the variants. Yeah. <laughs> or any of its sister any cousins. Any of the color <laughs> options. Yeah. I'm, I'm telling good. you, man, they're they're gonna have one of every color by the time they're done. No Hopefully, shit. <laughs> yeah. Thank God. Changing my shit. My fastest 250F though was a green one for sure. That thing ripped. It was a 14KX 250F. That was a good year for the cow. Yeah. I blew the brains out of that fucking thing. Though. <laughs> oh man, that was when you got a rock in the case, right? Oh yeah, yeah. lost yeah. all your oil. Yep. <laughs> shit, that thing all over the yeah. Bowman track. It was real nice. Yeah. That's I, one of the most common questions i get is what's the first thing you do to a brand new bike and like dude skid plate yeah full coverage i've sold skid more plate. skid plates in like, south dakota than anybody yeah. any other rider <laughs> i guarantee at it. least cowie has like a little one on the very bottom you know yeah they're not just like bare naked out there yeah i cut the ignition cover cowie doesn't do yeah. shit on the left side buddy <laughs> yep you get the full the full <laughs> cover one that goes all the way under the frame and everything because yeah. then it protects it's like your a frame. full condom for your motor yeah. dude no yeah. one doesn't yeah. no one gives you anything it's mind oh, blowing. Like yeah. you can't give me like at least a plastic one. Yeah, no. nothing for this well, ten thousand dollar dirt bike. Well, if it was yeah, and say KTM will charge you another grand for that skid plate. Oh, uh, their factory edition has one. We'll get there. I don't have a bike <laughs> that I wish I would have bought that I didn't, but I have a bike that I regret buying, and that was a two thousand thirteen Honda CRF four fifty because I could not get those forks to work to save my uh, that was that was a horrible life. bike. Yeah. Uh, 13s, 14s were not. I good. gave Andrew Beshin the most smoking goddamn deal on a dirt bike ever, just so I didn't have to ride that. He thing loved that again. thing. Oh yeah, yeah, he rode the shit out of he it. He loved it. I hated it. That's all he talked about from then until he just bought his 22 <laughs> Honda. All he's talked about is that Honda and how sick it was. God, and I, I had just a, hated it. I had I a hated 20. It. I had a 2015 Honda 450 that I never got along with from day one. I I spent so much money trying to get that thing to work, and it never. I. I did not like that bike at all. Can I ask you a question? Did yes. you bought it new, right, Eric? Yeah. Is it like hard to admit to yourself you don't like the new bike you just bought because there's so it much is. money, you know? Yep. Like, does it take a while for you to be like, okay, I hate this shit? Well, some of it too is there's aspects of it that you like, but the negatives sometimes outweigh the positives. But 
I think every bike, there's things like, okay, I really like this, but man, this I'm struggling with, you know, and to try to find a bike that does everything is really tough because you might like the power, hate suspension, like the power and suspension brakes suck. Like there's always something that you're like, man, I'd, if I could fix that. So you focus so much time, money and effort into that, that then you start yeah. not liking the whole thing because you're well, struggling. The, the biggest problem I had with that Honda, like when you could get it into the turn, it turned great, but it's you could never get into the turn where you wanted it to. Yeah. Just, you'd head shake you off the track all the time. And like, dude, yeah. Just, or your rear end was dancing all over the goddamn place. Yeah. So then you'd try to slow that down. And then your front end was just freaking everywhere. And you couldn't control yeah. that. And then you try to slow that down and then go back to the rear end. It's just like, this is just bullshit. Yeah. Uh, Dusty, you haven't had a lot of bikes, but any ones you wish you wouldn't have sold? No, dude. <laughs> okay. No. Any ones you wish you would have bought? I just, I love my KTM. That's it. You're not gonna get anything new. Anything? I'll probably keep my KTM forever. That's know. that's all. The only thing then in your eye is just a KTM. Yeah, I rode a uh, Derek's. He had Honda. a Yamaha. Yeah, I had a Haunt. I had a Cowie too. Oh yeah. I like the KTM's a lot more. Yeah. The ergonomics is a little different to get used to. But I change all that now. I got a taller seat, and my, my pegs are lower and back. And it's then, taken you a while to dial your stuff in. Yeah, but you it's have your setup bar. to yeah. where. Now I I love it. That's like, cool. I probably won't change it. That's cool. Gauge. So if you were to get a new bike, would you do all that stuff instantly, like right away, or would you feel it out and I'd learn? feel it out and see the ergonomic. Like ergonomics is huge for me. Right. It's not the power or suspension is a little bit. It's like a chassis feel a little yeah. bit. Yeah. I mean, that coming from BMX is the same thing. Like, we had our geometry down to the degree. Of what you, know? you liked, mm-hmm. yeah. So it's, it's it's about that for me. Do you enjoy that process, dialing it in? Yep, I do. Yeah? It's fun. You like how it's not just copy-paste yep. every time? It's a little I hate, different. I hate when I buy something, I don't like it. Like, yeah, I thought it was going to be awesome, but then it turned out to be completely opposite. So then do you instantly go like, ah, oh, fuck, I hate this thing? Or like, all right, how can I make this better? Mm, no. It's like, I'll, I'll just go back to the original thing and I'll adapt to it. It's fine. Sure. Yeah. I can adapt to pretty much anything. Yeah. Adaptability is a huge thing, really. Yeah. Gage. Um, I think for me, every bike had its season. You know, like it was great in the time I had it. I learned something from that. I don't regret selling any of the bikes that I've had. You know, and like my YZ252 stroke, is it the perfect bike? No, but I've learned what it likes, what it doesn't like. And I know it's been a, a great friend for a long time now, and I've had a lot of other bikes since I've had that bike. But, um, yeah, I think every bike had its place in its time and I learned from it and I moved on and I was always glad I moved on even though it might not have been the best move at the time or there wasn't enough of an upgrade to justify the move but you learn from that too you know like I had the 04 Honda 450 and I went to 06 it wasn't enough change to really make that much better but you know at the time I I was like oh this is better because it's brand new you know it really wasn't you know but you learn from that and everything everything bike had its season and it was a learning process and you grow from it and yeah chris um i own the first 
I'm not going to call it a dirt bike because it wasn't, but I have the first bike with a motor in it that I ever have received in my garage, and it runs. So, no, not mad that I got rid of any because that was the one I like. The and one you wanted to keep. Yeah, and no bikes I wish I would have bought. I really like my bike. Nice. As far as bikes I wish I would have bought, I don't know. I guess not really. Yeah. I mean, there's there's things that I'm curious about. Like, it'd be great to be able to take every manufacturer and take them to five different tracks, write notes own, of what ones that you shoot out. Yeah, okay. do your own personal. I was shootout. gonna. That was gonna be my Chris's idea time. I got rid of it for this, but like a lot of people have new bikes of new brands, and it'd be fun if we could all meet up at a track and have like a shootout. That would be put everything in a neutral spot. You know, yeah, bar yeah. mounts, clickers, the whole nine yards. Yeah. Get everything neutral. And everybody just go ride them in their stockest platform. Yeah. That would be so sweet. Well, then, you know, like, it'd be nice to take notes and go to four or five different tracks and have your personal notes of what bikes you liked, what you thought you liked best, and then have lap times of what actually you did best on. Right. The if only you stipulation, you don't ride your own, like, brand. Yeah, because like obviously you you're a little biased. Right. Yeah. It'd be just neat to see that, you know, process and well, see you, if, if what you thought you liked best is what you actually perform best on right yeah you just you save your brand till the end of the day after you've ridden everything else and see if you still feel as good on yeah. it as any. i think you would you. like oh yeah i'm home right well, it, well especially if you're really thinking about how did this set in the corner compared to other things and you know where's the power delivery? you think we could swing that i'd buy a new bike for that you're 98, wait, Suzuki. Wait, hold on. You got scoots over here. <laughs> <laughs> Scooter, you just, wasn't even paying you, just you just missed when Mike said, I'll buy a new bike. <laughs> I, After we in his house. defense, Scoots, it's going to be a 22, 98, and it'll only be five grand. Yeah. Because it's a Suzuki. Dude, they're not, they're like nine grand now, though. Nice. They're not, they're like only 500 bucks cheaper than everything else. For in, And it's still old. Here's the deal. <laughs> You just have to find yourself a couple of your holdover. You've never, <laughs> never even seen the sunlight. That's my guy that right there. You know, it's bad when you're in the dealership and you're like, hey, man, I'm going to pay you cash for this brand new KTM 450. And they're like, have you ever thought about a Suzuki? <laughs> <laughs> that <laughs> happened to Chris. You, yeah, that happened I, to me. I heard about that. Yeah. That's how you know that the holdovers get a little tight. <laughs> That's because they were paying a lot of flooring on it and they yeah. wanted to just get rid of it. <laughs> have they gotten a new one since then, Mike? I don't know. I haven't been there since I bought mine. I should go check. Yeah, go look. <laughs> you guys got a Suzuki in here? <laughs> got a fresh 2020 here. I think that'd be fun. We should try to organize that a little bit. I'd try to down. find dudes kind of the same weight, you know? Let's throw it out there. All right. If oh. you buy a new bike, let's do a shootout. We well, need one Grable, of each brand. Grable's got a Yami. Haug's got a um, Honda. We'll use Dusty's KTM because you're pretty average weight, right? Are you going to buy a new one? Or you got to get them stocked, oh, though. Man. you got to get them all before they yeah, do every, suspension everybody, work. And everybody needs to buy a new bike. It yeah. has to be stocked. Well, I don't think any of them... Is I don't it, think any of you guys are sprung different. No, it's all... No, we're stock. talking everything. No pipes, no Oh, nothing. man, we can't be, like, into this 50 grand. No, you, you got to try and get them to not do all their suspension work and all that before you do the shootout. That's yeah, what I'm saying. Like, for, most of the dudes, yeah. I think it's all stock bike. Yeah. Besides, like, maybe a pipe. I don't know if we can do it all at one time. Like, we'd have to be a different time. Like, if somebody got a bike, you ride it when you're with them. Dusty, pick your mic up. Nobody can hear you. Put that mic in your face, dog. What'd you say? That, that's way better. <laughs> What'd you say? 
it'd have to be at different times. Nobody's not everybody's gonna buy a brand new bike all at once. That's what I'm saying. Well, what a flat tire factory just bought all the bikes and then brought them out. I mean, I'll write a check. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> With once, the SRs. <laughs> once again, don't drop that fucker. <laughs> you know. Okay. Back that would be sweet though. Like, I have always dreamed about doing a shootout. That would be so oh, sweet be so to do. Cool. Oh man. Because then you could really find out what do I really want, not well, did, what did, I like, think I want. All of our bikes are like within three years of each other. See, and I think I would get along great with all the Japanese brands. Like everything would be fine and I wouldn't have an issue with any of them until I started with the KTM Husqvarna gas gas stuff. Uh, no offense. It's just so yeah. much different. Like, why is, is this so smooth? Yeah. You can always tell when you're underneath a Japanese bike. Like, yeah. It's, all the Japanese bikes do have kind of a similar feel. And then the KTMs are quite a bit different. Even a Yamaha, like a Yamaha still feels like a Japanese bike versus a KTM. Like it's, they have similar feels, slightly different characteristics. Like, do you think it's just the frame? Is that all we're feeling? The difference? Uh, It has to be. All their, well, all their frames are kind of the same shape and size, I guess. Yeah. It's just kind of the whole thing. Cause the, even the ergos on the KTMs and stuff are, if you start measuring them, they are quite a bit different than the yeah. Japanese. Like the Japanese are all, you know, they're different, but they're all close. Yeah. Right. You know? The Yamaha of, of all the Japanese has the most foreign feel. <laughs> it does. You know? Yeah. Um, Cause it's really high pegs, really low handlebars that are far back, you know, like, so where Honda, Suzuki it, and Cowie, it does, all it does still feel bulky. Yeah. Like a, a Yamaha 250F. Still feels bulky. When I've said that since KTM started really getting in the motocross game, you jump on a KTM and you love it or you hate it. It's very few people are like it's okay. It's right. People get on and like this is home or no, this feels foreign. Yeah, especially guys that have ridden Japanese bikes for a long time for years. And That's years you, Mike. Yeah, it is hundred percent. That's why I'm trying to figure this out. Like I want to know why I feel the way I do. Yeah, it, interesting. If you rode them for that long, you jump on something. That's different. It, it's it just so feels like for they, me the hardest one to switch back to is the Yamaha for me, and like that's what I grew up on was Yamahas, and like when I ride any other brand and then go back to it, I'm like, wow, this is weird. And that's the 2010 newer frame yeah. reverse motor, the whole yeah, because the older ones felt very similar to the yeah, they had different characteristics, but still they felt very similar. The 09s and older for the 450s and the 13 and older 250Fs. But, <coughs> yeah, the new Yamahas definitely, they're different. Matt, if you could slap one rider in the face with no consequences, who would it be and why? What would you say afterwards? Vince Freezy, suck it. <laughs> Sick. <laughs> Gage, you pointed at Mike. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm going to think about that for a while. You slap Mike I'm surprised you didn't say uh, Chad Dil- Reed. Well, I was going to say Dylan Fernandez. Also, suck it. <laughs> but what about Chad Reed? You give well, him he's not hug? riding anymore, so I don't have to worry. Well, he did at the Paris. Whatever. Um, well, it's funny because uh, Eric likes Chad Reed too. Yeah, I'm, I've been a Chad Reed fan for a long time. Someone has to be. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Dusty, who would you slap? Uh, Cooper Webb. <laughs> <laughs> Slap a neck into that yeah, fucking guy? Something. <laughs> I don't like the little fucks. Team no neck. Team no neck. I don't know why I don't like them. I what would don't. you say? I don't know. Probably fuck you and just hit him. 
I don't. I don't know. I don't like them. I just don't. Eric, who would you slap? I don't know. Let me think about it for a minute. Who was the last guy to take out a Cowie Rider? <laughs> Do you hate Marvin for what he did to Eli in uh, was that New York? Foxborough. Yeah, dude, he straight T boned <laughs> yeah. his ass. Yeah, that was yeah. Um, oh, man, I don't know. If you say Marvin, then we both hate the French. It's fine. I don't have anything against Marvin. I don't really slap yeah. him. Mar- say Marvin does seem like the nicest guy ever, yeah. doesn't he? And Matilda is such a babe. Yeah, I don't really disagree. Slap him and say keep your interviews. Disagree. Keep your interviews shorter. Like. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That's a hard one. I, I don't. I'd probably have to go with Cooper Webb too. Actually, Matilda has yeah, a real a, like dead mouse vibe to her. <laughs> what about what about? Uh, I guess he's not currently racing, but like any of the Lessies, Tony <laughs> slap the dad, Tony Lessie, <laughs> Tony, Mike, or Jeff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Some of the stuff yeah. those guys pulled, it was bull. Like when they had the laser light on on Villapoto. Yeah, if you guys start. All right, if you're listening to our podcast, you guys need to listen to Pulp's podcast and listen to episode 139. It's called Laser Gate. It's the best goddamn episode of Pulp MX there is. Yeah. It's when Jeff Alessi is shining a laser light into Ryder's eyes on the gate of Washougal. To try to get him to miss Dude, there, the there is probably 35 seconds of Tony Alessi being on the phone and David Villeman just screaming at him, your kid's an idiot. For probably 35 seconds. It is radio freaking gold. It shit's hilarious. Well, and they got kicked out of the AMA for that. Like, they yeah. couldn't come to the event. The, the they team, couldn't, they the couldn't team. come in the gate. Yeah. God, Tony got kicked out for the rest of the year. Uh, I think unless he got fined $5,000 or something crazy like that. And then the... I don't think the team got kicked out, but I think the team withdrew because their manager got kicked out. And Mike Alessi lost his points for that race, if I remember right. One... Yeah. Deep and back. That's that's yeah. reaching deep back into my yeah. archives there, so it could be a little rough. I mean, that's that's bull to try. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. come on, guys. Yeah. I would slap Chad Reed. Really? Yeah. What? F- fucking quit. You've been done for a while. You retired on us and said you're gonna go race pedal bikes and race cars with your kids, and now you're back. Quit. You're done. You're Brett Favre it. He's not really you're back. Brett Favre it. He's not going to race Supercross. Let me race Paris. Yeah, that doesn't really count. There's been rumors that he's going to race a couple. I've heard that too, but I it is it. it is 2022, and his number's 22, and he's 40, and fucking whatever. Yeah, I'd slap him. Travis Single. Travis Single is a guy that listens to our podcast all the time, and uh, he's a huge Chad Reed guy. He's going to probably quit listening to us after this. <laughs> it's all cool, Travis. But nice having is, you. Thing is, if you can qualify and you're beating someone out, I mean, don't you deserve to be there? Yeah. I mean, it's not like they're giving him a gate because he's showing up. Yeah. Like you still got to qualify. Yeah, I get yeah. it, man. Because if you're that fast, you're Brett Favre it. it. But still, if you're that fast to still show up and take someone else's gate from him, you let earned him do it. it. Yeah, you earned it. I mean, yeah. let the fastest guys race. If if he's one of the fastest guys, I mean, it's not really much different than what McGrath did. <laughs> He retired, yeah. came back, and he still pulled a hole shot and, and let it for. Yeah, yeah. Chad's not pulling hole shots. Well, he could. Chad's not doing shit. Let him try. <laughs> let him tr- so you don't <laughs> like my slap answer? Nah, I don't care. It's fine. Nah, that's fine. Um, has Derek and Donovan been refusing to come race Mandan since 2014 because they're afraid? Of forgetting the Rogaine or worried about looping out. That's right. <laughs> That's Ryan Peters for sure. <laughs> so, which one do you think it is? 
afraid of looping out or forgetting Rogaine. Rogaine, for sure. Yeah. I don't know why Derek does not like outdoors. I don't know either. Well, and, you know, it's it's always hard to race in someone else on their home track, too. Yeah. I imagine... Why don't you just go to rides? I imagine Peter's at Mandan is balling. Because you think... Like Donovan said at the beginning of this last outdoor season, let's just race some races, show up and just have fun and just like, I'll have fun and just not care. Until you strap the helmet on. That's sort of... I don't know. I can shut it off anytime. Yeah. Same here. I'm I'm the same way. It's like, I've been there, done that, trained my ass off. And now I'm just yeah. like, when I go race, it's all for fun. I, Yeah, I want to do well, of course, but like, I'm not going to be pissed if yeah. I get my ass kicked either. But I can see Donovan's point too, yeah. where it's like, you know, yeah, let's just go have fun and just, you know, bang bars and be like buddies out there. Then you strap the helmet on and it's like, uh, gate drops. All right, let's just have fun, right? We're having fun, right? Mike, do you want to hear the no. question? Yes. Um, has Welcome back, Mike. Yeah. Has I, Derek and Donovan been refusing to come to the Mandan race since 2014 because they're afraid of forgetting the Rogaine or worried about looping out? Ooh. Uh... I'm going to do 60% scared to loop out, 40% scared to lose the Rogaine. We thought forgetting the Rogaine. Yeah, it's, it's close. Well, like I said, riding someone at their home track, you want to do well, and yeah, you're just going up there to have fun. And well, Donovan can smoke Ryan all day long. It doesn't matter what track we're on. <laughs> God <laughs> damn. There's no question. Yes. Shots, Shots fired. <laughs> oh. Well, you don't believe me? You'll see it tomorrow. Don't I'm going to play it. that recording tomorrow when you're <laughs> handing me $50. That's not going to happen. It's going to happen. Well, Donovan's <laughs> showing up, right? Don. That's all we need is Donovan. Whoa. There's some reverb. Slap here. something. But, uh. Yeah, Sick. Be- <laughs> um, Donovan loops out and whoops, so I get a pretty good chance. That happened one time on a parade lap. He still beat Ryan in the main event. <laughs> on a parade lap. <laughs> it was. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, to my- be fair with Donovan, I crashed one time in a set of whoops during a supermoto. It's like the only dirt section, and that's the one spot that I was supposed to be good at, and I still wadded it up. I have a question for the group, too, on, regarding local outdoor races. So, in your guys' opinion... Why do you think it is that, like, not a lot of A-class riders really show up for local races anymore? Um, one, back we in the have day, no. They were big. Back in the day, they yeah. were big. We don't have any local races. Yeah, I feel like Chris is right. Back in the day, it used to be Spearfish, Belfouche, Pier, Sturgis, Hermosa. Hermosa. Lemon. Lemon, you know. So, there was two tracks that you really had to travel for. I mean, depending on where you lived for Hermosa, you might have to travel. So I feel like that has a big part of it. Um, and a little bit uh, summertime, man. A lot of dudes don't want to go grind during the summer. Long right? days. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. No, I just kind of, my, my whole thoughts, uh, you know, I'm, you know, <laughs> I've raced all over the country really in uh, amateur races and it's, it's all, it's all kind of the same. You have way too many 50 classes to begin with. Every mm. single local series you know, there's tracks like, uh, you know, even some really big tracks. Like, for example, when I lived in Georgia, a track I raced all the time was Monster Mountain in Alabama. The top A-class riders are like almost three-minute lap times. And they put 50s running the entire track. Oh, man. That's oh, like an eight-minute lap time. It literally takes them 30 minutes to do two laps. 
and they give them like four or five laps. It's like an Jesus. hour out just fit. And wow. then they have like 10, 50 classes. Oh, and the worst part about it is there'll be like four or five kids in each class. Yeah. And I'm like, you don't, why, why have that many classes when you're not even getting, not even a half full gate? It's, it's just dumb. And every local series does it. You know, they, and then. Thankfully, so like a, the biggest time that we see a large amount of 50 riders is in the indoor series, right? And thankfully, um, they qualify to make it to the main event. So when it comes to main event time, we have an X amount no matter what. Like, that's the most that we'll have. Although, like, <clears throat> we do hate it. It is a struggle to get through all those 50s, and it takes forever. But, God, you really have to look at it as, like, this truly is the future of our of our sport, you know? Like, we have to keep all these kids in here as much as we freaking can. Yeah. No, and I'm with yeah, you, Eric. Dude, it fucking sucks to sit there and watch 750s, it seems like, go through the same wah, wah, wah. Well, it does suck, but <laughs> God, you just have to yeah. bite that freaking. And, and I'm not trying to, me in the whoops. I'm not totally. I'm not trying to bag on 50s or 50 parents or anything, but like the scheduling of them, the, that. But two, the promoters need to cut the number of classes for sure. Yes, like, until they're on a 65, 85, it, it doesn't. Nothing matters. That's that is very true. You know, yeah, just do it well, for especially fun on and, a long track like that. Do yeah. white checkered. Yeah. Well, because. And, you know, and a lot of these tracks, they should have 50 tracks f built for the respected bikes. You know what I mean? Like a legit 50 track for a kid on a 50. No, no I guess and, he's 50 open. Let them run the... Yep, yep. Let your... Maybe a modified let, course. Let your 50 open and let your 50A riders maybe run the big course or whatever, yeah. the big track or whatever. Those are the kids moving up to their 65 next year. Yeah, I understand that. Or they're currently racing 65 also. But a lot of these promoters need to realize like, hey, you need to worry about the next generation just as much as you need to worry about the pro guys that are on the gate right now. Like they well, need to be yeah. building them their own 50 track and run those guys at intermission. Like that's yeah. what SDMA does. And I feel like it works really freaking good on the outdoor series. That's when the big track gets their intermission. They get to go do their disking and their watering. Yep. While the 50 riders are getting their own time on their own track, getting scored and all that stuff. Everything's great, grand, and hunky-dory on the 50 track. While the, the maintenance is happening on the big track. I think that's really what needs to happen. Well, realistically, I mean, it's usually just over 50% that go from 50 that actually go to 65 and stay there. Yeah, th there is a huge drop off there. So. Yeah. Yep. Well, and then to to finish off my point is uh, it makes such a long day that all of us normal people that work have to work on Monday. Yeah, we don't. You know, it's harder for us to go to the races because we're yeah, there. We had, you know leave at four o'clock in the morning, drive an hour and a half to get there, two hours, whatever. We're there till it's dark. We're driving home in the dark. You know, we get home at 10, 11 o'clock at night. And then we got to, you know, and if unload. You have, yeah, and, yeah. It <laughs> makes such a long day out of it. And then it's like, so then half of those people just get tired of it. And then they just show up to one or two races a year instead of trying to do the whole series. Well, I know? suppose most yeah. of the pro riders too, they've been doing it. It's not their, like you show up and you'll say, man, I've only been in this game for three years. Like yeah. you've been doing this for years and years and years. <clears throat> and yeah, yeah. It gets but the days, sure. yeah, the long days do that's in my opinion, that's the biggest thing. And they, you know, in a lot of times, if you have 20 motos, it's too many for an amateur day for one day of racing. Yeah. You need to cut, Sorry. you know, especially depending on how big your series is and how many riders you're getting, you know, obviously here in South Dakota, there's, it's a smaller 
population base to begin with. 22 classes outdoors. And it's too many, you know, it, in my opinion. It but is, but what sucks is when you start looking at it. So you have 65 riders, right? You have enough for three classes. You want A, B, and C. Well, you have enough for that 50 classes. But do you need A, B, and C? Kind of. How many, you know, how many riders are you getting on the gate? You know, it's yeah. like, yeah, I mean, I get it. You want to, you know, and as a promoter, the more classes you can stack in, the more money you make and, you know, get every kid has his opportunity to get a trophy. But man, this- there's just, there, there's for local stuff, they need to, they need to cut the number of classes down. What's well, this weird? Because back in the day, like even before my time, I mean, it was pros and amateurs. That was it. And even if it's not just, you know, I'm, you know, maybe not even just cut a couple of 50 classes out, but may, even big bike classes. If you have a class that you're consistently getting low numbers in, combine, you know, it, combine it with something else. Like, and we do that a lot. Know, a lot of times, like when, yeah. when there's a race or whatever, and there's not a lot of guys on the gate for each class, you do combine classes, try to make the day go by quicker. But at the end of the day, you still want the availability for people to ride at every person to ride at least two classes, right? Because yeah. oh, sure. most yeah. people, when yeah. you go to a race, you're riding more than one class, yeah. right? So even if you do 50s in an age bracket and 65s in an age bracket, I think once you go to 85s, especially for our area, um, it's good to do the ABC thing, you know, yeah. that does help. When you got to make sure everyone's gaps, you're not going back to back to and stuff like yeah. that. So. And then you want a schoolboy class, super mini class, you know, it, it, it adds up quick. Yeah, like it does. Yeah. That, that is one thing that Luke and I kind of looked at when we first took, took over SDMA a couple of years ago or three years ago or whatever, um, was how to shorten things up. But man, once you really look at it, you're like, dang dude, like there yeah. really isn't a lot of places to trim fat. It seems yeah. like it because you're no offense, not necessarily yeah. in those classes, but yeah. you have to think about everybody else a little bit oh, too. For sure. you know? yeah. So it's, it's, yeah. it's a, it's such a well, how many juggle. Times, really. How many times you hear, well, if you had a vet A and B would do. Or a plus 40 yeah. class. And then, and then well, that's um, the thing. people you, want you, this class yeah. and that class and this class yeah. and that class. Yeah. And it's like, dude. And no you know, matter what, you're never going to satisfy anybody. Yeah. Everybody. No. It's, that's just how it is. But like. Well, how many yeah, people want a class that I can win? Yeah. If you're faster than me and you'd be upper class, if you're slower to me. Then you're fine to be in my class, but yeah. you can't have a class that's like, built for you to win. I've been to some races where I'm not kidding. There were 32 classes that they had to try and get through Oof, one day. That's ridiculous. And they never did. They ended up having to call it because it got so dark, you know, like they couldn't finish the day. And, you know, in, it, yeah, sit, you know, like I said, you just sit around and for people who have to work and have families and stuff, it makes it really hard to, to go racing. You know, some of the best races I've been to, been you know done at three four o'clock in the afternoon and you know they had like 15 16 classes and you know they had big turnout too and they just Mm -hmm. you know but they ran efficiently and they didn't have too many classes and everybody enjoyed it you know because everybody was done at a decent time right when that's where hair scrambles are kind of actually kind of neat because you go out do your parade lap come back in get water fill up with the fuel go out race you're out of there by one and you yep. ride for hours. You ride for hours and you're out. Yeah. Yep. As That's the new kind of vice president, thing. I'll make that happen for you. <laughs> 15 class max. <laughs> Have fun trimming that, buddy. It'll be easy. And it, yeah, I, you know, eight, 18 to 20 is kind of, in my opinion, should be kind of the high <clears> end in, in that of acceptable. Once you start getting up over 20 classes, then the days get so long and yeah. you, then people do start losing interest. Yeah. yeah. Well, especially like 
second motos, everyone gets cut a lap. And then by the end of the second motos, people are getting cut two or three laps. Yeah. You feel like you're not getting what you paid for. Cause <clears throat> and if you're trying to fit in a little bit of track prep somewhere, in, but you have too many classes to cram in before it gets dark, you know, like it does, it's... And then one or two ha- hospital rides and yeah. all of a sudden now you're... Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, if you can't get a little bit of track prep in and it's the second motos are the biggest dust bowl you've ever been in, then that discourages people too. Right. Yeah, so it, there's, there is no a very answer. slim happy medium right there. Yeah. It, it is so slim. Yeah. There's yeah. no perfect answer, but there, I think there, there's definitely ways you can improve it and make, you know, and spark the interest back more and get, but. Um, Mike, this one's for you. Are you ready? Oh boy. Here we go. How many more of these bad boys we got? One, two, three, four. Jeez. Right, let's try to work through these. All right. <laughs> this one, this one will be easy for you. Okay. Due to the current rate of inflation, the chain supply issues, the surge in cryptocurrency, what do you think the financial benefits would be for diversifying your portfolio and dabbling in some crypto, but also opening a Roth IRA in your name to use as a secondary retirement while also investing in technology and stocks? And what effects on the local and federal economy would a crypto surge and government acceptance have? Thanks. Okay. Okay, Let's who the fuck the, asked that? Hold on. That has to be Ryan Peters. <laughs> this is a Ryan Peters thing. Yeah. Yeah. has to be Ryan. Let's break this Holy down a little bit. Hold on, hold on. We can do this. Let's break this down a little bit. Chris, can you repeat that yeah. just real quick? Oh, one more time. Um, I'll start off. The first question really is, due to the current rate of inflation, the chain supplies issues, the surge in crypto, what do you think financial benefits do diversifying your portfolio and dabbling in some crypto? Well, first off, um, Ryan, I'll try to dumb it down for him a little bit because he's well, from fucking no, North just, Dakota. Let's, let's just get the whole question. Just do the whole question, and, and I'll, I'll deliver an answer when you're done. But also opening a Roth IRA in your name to use as a secondary retirement while also investing in technology stocks. And what effects on the local and federal government economy would a crypto surge and government acceptance have? Okay, Ryan. Thanks. So what I have to say to you, um, I got Chris to read that question twice, and I have zero answers for you. <laughs> I told you. <laughs> okay. is it, is it, that's, that's the point of crypto. That is my legit like answer, dude. I don't know. Government controlled. Hmm? Is it? That's like what it's supposed to be. Well, to answer your first question, Ryan. Um, crypto. When they make crypto, they only issue so many. So inflation's not really a thing because they don't print more crypto. This is how much crypto they give you. I just don't understand so the mining crypto. It really only goes up in value the more it's demanded. Um, benefits, I guess, are it's easily transferable from country to country. It's the same. There's not different money. Less government. Yeah, government's not involved. It's yeah. private entities. Um, disadvantages, you can get hacked. There's no, people don't insure crypto. There's so nothing you, to back it. If you lose your crypto, you lose it. There's no refund on it. Um, you can buy illegal shit with crypto. It's not insured. Yeah. So. Well, and hopefully like, that answers Ryan's question. You can't come to a, a local motorcycle shop and be like, "Hey, I'm going to buy that bike in crypto." <laughs> like, not going to happen. A lot of places are taking crypto. As far as opening a Roth IRA in your name, he's the second. I'm assuming he's got a 401k. Yeah, so I have a 401k. Um, pre-tax, post-tax. I don't know. That's kind of up to you. Mine's pre-tax. Um, I don't know. I would talk to your investment com- company. Com- company match. Oh, pre-tax. fun fact: you can run crypto in your um, retirement. Roth, Ryan Peters. So there you go. That's good for you. Um, what effects on the local and federal economy would a crypto surge in government acceptance have? It's not ran by the government. So the government's not going to accept money that they don't print because then they can't control it and they can't control its value. Probably won't happen. Right. Boom. Next Ryan question. Got, <laughs> got Chris to read that three times, Ryan. There you go. 
Did my work. What is the over under that Derek and Donovan engaged in the servicing of sheep while in buildings? <laughs> <laughs> I'm also going to go 60 40 on this one. <laughs> no, what, what's this now? What is the over under that Derek and Donovan engaged in the servicing of sheep while in buildings? That means they busted out the Velcro boots. <laughs> yeah. Um, man, I don't know. 60 40. I'll go 60 40. Okay. We're already through two. That's good. If having an opportunity to ride one national and one supercross stadium, which ones would it be and why? Are we going around the room on this one? Yeah, go ahead. I'll do A1 uh, just because I feel like that environment is fucking electric and, like, it's just crazy. It'd be sweet to pull a freaking whip over a finish line at a supercross, and A1 would be the perfect place to do it. For an outdoor... Um, Unadilla, because I've never been there. It'd be cool to check it out. Eric? Uh, Daytona for Supercross. Um, Damn, that's basically outdoor. Pretty close, yeah. I mean, but on the full-on Supercross track, not the amateur track. And Washougal's always been a bucket list for me. Washougal's fun. It's more slick than you think. Yeah, Washougal's where I blew my first ACL out. I, I've only been there once, but it was a lot of fun. It, Dust. it looks like brownie mix, but it's not. It's Sorry. slick. Sorry. You, you want me to pound through these? Let's go. You're like, yeah, I blew my knee out getting Safeway the other I, day. I honestly have no idea. I don't know enough. Nothing? I don't know enough. Shit. I really don't. Can I go for Chris? Millville sweet. Great outdoor track. I'd it go there again. I'd, I'd probably go there. Go for me? No, or not Chris. Dusty. Sorry, Chris is handing me the shit. What's another Supercross? Pick a Supercross track. It's more about the stadium and yeah, the it's dirt more than the anything. Place. Yeah. 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 I honestly don't know. I don't watch enough, man. Glendale? Glendale would be sweet. I track looks fun. I'm more of an outdoor person, so maybe Daytona. There you go. Gage? A1 and Redbud just because of the energy. Yeah. Both, both of them are great. Yeah, I mean, I... Watched day one and it was awesome and everyone's at that. I want to try hard, but I don't want to mess up. And I, you know, you've been to a one live, right? Yep. How crazy is that crowd? Oh, oh it's crazy. Like it's just ecstatic yeah. about everything, everything, everything. And there's no from, way the riders don't feel that dude. From qualifying to yeah, everything. Just even the day qualifying. Yeah, it's just it's insane. Just that, that feeling yeah, it's there. And so in it, like everyone wants to try hard. They, they can't win it there, but then you can throw it away there. So that everyone's in that. Like I gotta try hard, but I don't want to mess my, mess the rest of my season up by making something you know, a stupid mistake. And Red Bud, just because Red Bud, yeah. <laughs> that crowd is got to be one of the craziest ones in the circuit. Mike, so, designations, you going? I think so. Yeah, twenty twenty two. Okay, we should figure it out. I'm taking the motor home. Oh fuck! Let's go, boys. Um, Las Vegas for Supercross. Oh, Las Vegas would be good too. Hasn't been there in two years, but yeah. If it if it would go, back, go back, that'd be yeah. cool. Yeah. As Last shit. one, and then probably Millville. You pick the worst dirt for Supercross. You know that, right? I that I think that'd be a kick ass place to be. Weather's always good. It's a fun town. I didn't, I've never been for the finals. I've been to the Monster Cup a few times, and and the finals it looks it hammered. Yeah, like the the track just looks hammered at the end of the night. So hard packed and square edged and rough. The finals would be cool just because it's the, you know, in Vegas at the finals. But, yeah, you know, because, like, uh, we, uh, we were both the Salt Lake City races last year in the 
or this year, I guess it was, in the finals was like, dude, it was nothing special, really. It was just another race. Well, a lot of times you know? the championships have been tied up. They're already yeah. done, so. It would be cool to if go. If it's to, a good tight race. Then <laughs> yeah, cool. go to Vegas for a good tight, good yeah. last when race. Anyone yeah. can get a couple points between them. Uh, last question. Are you ready? Let's bounce through it. If given a chance, would you rather punch Derek in the throat while he's laughing at 500 decibels or listen to Donovan try and read one page in a third grade reading level novel? <laughs> That's got to be Ryan again. I'm going to guess Ryan Peters again. We got a lot of questions today. Let's hear the Derek Haug option. Punch him in the throat for laughing at 500 decibels. I think Man. Donovan on that one. <laughs> I can hear I can hear Derek laugh on mute. Now yeah. that I think about that. Yeah. Maybe Derek on that one. You'd rather punch him in the throat? I love Derek, but I'd punch him in the throat. Okay. <laughs> um, Gage is leaving. <laughs> <laughs> right when we get to Gage's tech tip. I feel like this is Eric's tech tip again. Yeah, we're going to do Eric this time. Because he's got a good one that he talked about on a, a YouTube bit. All right, so we're going to Eric Eric's for the tech tip. We're going to take a break after this, and then we'll go through Eric's background, then we'll get out of here. Okay. Cool. All right. Yeah. Um, as Gage mentioned, a um, video I did that's it's on YouTube now, for but I did it for Cowie. It, was, uh, it mainly pertains to Kawasaki's, but there's a few other bikes that also use the same style of clutch. But um, setting up your clutch pack correctly is, is pretty important for both the performance and the longevity of your clutch. Uh, some bikes like the, the the Cowies have different thickness steel plates that you put in to uh, set the measure. There's a measurement for it, and if you have it too thin, it can it'll prematurely wear out or it'll slip sometimes. But uh, you should tell everybody the pack that you're talking about is the steel fiber. Yeah, the, pack the, of your plates. Yeah, inside yeah, of your hub. Correct. Yep. Yeah. And it's it's a little bit tricky to set it up because you do have to take the inner hub out and assemble it on the bench with the pressure plate and the springs to, to measure it. But um, there's, you know, optional plates that once you get it set up correctly, it's it's a big difference in the longevity and the performance of the clutch. So is yours different than a stock setup then? No. Um, it Like Cowie for on the 450 since the beginning has used this setup where we just offer two different thickness steel plates and uh, depending on what you measure it at, you change one of the regular steel plates with a thicker one to get it to where you want it. And then, um, but then like on the 250 for a long time, it was actually a shim on the push rod that you have to change. And then now with the hydraulic clutch, uh, it's got the same, same design as the 450 where you change out a steel plate with either a thicker one or a thinner one to get, get the spec correct. What Is do we type in on YouTube? Um... <laughs> Eric's tech tips. It would be no. It's it, I'm trying to remember where it's at. It's on one of the Kawasaki pages for. Or maybe it's not on YouTube. I'm trying to remember where it was at now. Well, you sent it to me on Messenger. Oh, that it, yeah, it might not be on YouTube. It was on Vimeo. Is and then. Because it was that was all they, for all the dealers, right? So they could learn. Yeah, it was mainly yeah the videos we did was mainly for the dealers, but. Mm. Um, it kind of, you know, it's something that, especially with KXs, most dealers never see KXs anyway, so it's kind of so, good to know. Since you guys are talking about clutches, <clears throat> when's a good time to realize, like, hey, my clutch is starting to wear out. I need to replace this thing. 
Man, if it's in high gear, if you start feeling it where you drop the clutch and it doesn't grab and kind of slides through, that's basically... A lot of times in low gear, you won't feel it. It's, it's usually when you're in like third, fourth, or fifth. When you just like <clears throat> try to release that clutch and you feel it grab. Or, you know, a lot of times if you warped a plate, when you pull a clutch in, the bike's still pulling. But that can also be poor adjustment. It could be, you know, if it's hydraulic, it's not bled properly. And most of the time, it's going to be worn out basket or hub. It kind of depends, too, on how hard you are on the clutch. You know, um, I mean, that's yeah. the key is if you're if you're a clutch abuser, you got to check it a lot. What about a recluse? Yeah. <laughs> how you abuse it. I mean, yeah. a lot of people with the recluse, they think, well, I can launch in third and it's fine. Well, it's like launching in third with a normal clutch. You have to, it slips a lot more. Yeah. And it wears plates it's out. It's constantly yeah. slipping, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. But if you don't, if you act like a normal, <laughs> ride it normally, <laughs> they can actually last a long time. We've had like crazy good luck with the new design. Um, the old designs had a lot of flaws, but the new design right now, um, they actually work way better than, you know, what they had in the past. Yeah. Um, most most normal clutches, the innermost and the outermost fiber will wear a lot faster than all the ones in the middle. Yeah. And so, like, in on my clutch, I I mean, I still have the stock clutch in my bike, but I'm not hard on it. But uh, I checked it the other day just to, make, just to see where it was at, and the innermost and the outermost fibers were quite a bit thinner than all of them in the middle. You know, so I almost put just two new fibers in. Yeah. So... Because those are two that get the most abuse. Yeah. I'm at the point now. Mike still have stock clutch. You do? Yep. Nice. 158 hours. I'm not hard on them, but it's at the point now where I'm like, we're going to see how long this will go. <laughs> well, and they'll go thousands. Oh, wow. Thou- Jesus. Well, <laughs> like hundreds of hours. 6,000 like, hours. Like, I'm only on my third clutch in my bike, and I know that bike has well over 1,000 miles or 1,000 hours on it. Hmm. My but, bike needs a clutch. But it depends on how you use it and what you're doing with it. Yeah. If you let the clutch cool between uses, like if you're abusing it one spot, but you let it give a cool down period, like you can be pretty hard on them. The problem is when you abuse it every corner, you never give it that cool off period and the oil gets hot and the clutches are hot and nothing ever gets a chance to cool back down. That's when you blew the plates and you start burning the fibers and you're having all kinds of problems. But if you, know, you like go up a hill and you slip it going up that one hill a couple times, it's not going to ruin your clutch. Right. There's one more thing I want to go over. Okay. Before we take a break. Just lost the website I was on. So what is this about? Um, KTM just released their 450, or their factory edition bikes for 2022.5. Okay? Okay. Um... We're going to look at this SR bike first. Okay. What do we see here, fellas? Uh, pro circuit exhaust. We have clutch a cover. Clutch cover. Clutch. Uh, X-Trig triple, clamp, triple clamps. Um, some KYB suspension. A-kit stuff or not quite? There. A-kit coating. So it's almost, almost, almost A-kit. A-kit, yeah. Some of the uh, internal parts are just production stuff, but... Yeah, they can't make it aggressive yeah. as an A-kit would really be. The cost is a lot of it, too. Um, um, you know, the internal parts for 
true A kit get really expensive. Also, some graphics. Is that just a clutch cover? Is it or is it yeah, a full it's clutch, just clutch cover? Just, just a yeah, cover. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Good. Yep. Let's look at this. What do we see here? Uh, it looks like a two-stroke pipe. It does. <laughs> yeah, it definitely looks like. Okay. What do we see here? No clutch cover. What do we see here? Same clamps. Nope. Those are the neck and clamps. I can't see from here. Mm. That's not, not what it told me on features. It just told me they were anodized, but I believe yeah. you, Eric. They're, well, they're sold as KTM power parts. But oh, okay. They're KTM. Uh, they're made. Neck doesn't and that bike look, the whole bike, doesn't it look just crammed together? Like everything is so crammed. Tight. Yeah, it pisses me off. I hate that thing. Let's go put back. Put your go, mic up, go, go back to the Cowie, please. I guess the Cowie doesn't really look any different. Here's my problem. A fucking factory edition, and there's not even a pipe on it? No, it says KTM on it. There's not even a clutch cover on it? Well, there is one. Well, you know what I mean. <laughs> this is standard. Not the $152 Henson clutch cover? Yeah. What the fuck are you buying? An orange rib seat and yeah. some dumb Red Bull graphics? Pretty much. Bro. I'm out, boys. What, what's different between that and the standard edition? All I, new, don't, that I one, don't know. This one, they it's an all-new frame, all-new subframe. Uh, it's got a bunch. No, of he new means parts like if it. you bought a twenty-three. Oh, when it came out, yeah. Out of like, what's different between this factory edition and the, and the, the coming twenty-three? The production. Yeah, we'll we'll find out. I think it's this rib seat gauge and this dumb Red Bull graphic. Maybe it has different grips. I I don't think you get orange hubs and orange triple clamps. And probably a black frame. Probably a black frame. Oh, skid plate though. Nice. Yeah, Sick. Skid plate. Can we come with skid plate? Uh, no. Well, not in this picture. No. Just the water pump guard. That blew my yeah. mind. Your factory edition doesn't have a pipe or a, even a Henson clutch cover on it. So it should be uh, more cost effective for the customer. I can't. I haven't looked real hard to see what it costs, but it better not cost very much. So the question I have, so right there, only 400 units built exclusively. Yeah. So it, I, I could be wrong. Maybe it's changed. But my understanding was... 500? The homologation rule for AMA Supercross was 500 units in the U.S. I'm very sure that you're right on that. So, how are they? How are they going to get by racing it? Oh yeah, because the AMA won't say anything. Well, I but, I don't know about that because KTM's already already used their works exemption rule. They used it yeah. way back in the day. <clears throat> I don't know how that works because yeah, um, yeah. as the rule states, it's 500 bikes. Sold in the U.S. Yeah, or, sold, not, or, not just held. Yeah, sold. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that just means sold to, to dealers. dealers. Yeah, yeah, but still. Yeah. Or yeah, it says sixty-three horsepower. That is not what we're looking for. KTM.com. What does that even mean? Sounds like break time to me, fellas. Yeah, break time. Um, I'm surprised none of you guys said anything about me pissing all over KTM's new bike. Hey, that's a, a start. Piss me off. About time you pick up on the trend. Yeah. <laughs> that bike looks sweet now though yeah it does have you seen that thing lately eric oh your bike yeah uh don't think so gage did some nice handiwork on the pipe it looks yeah we blued it oh cool really nice new yeah. fmf nice looks good yeah yeah that pipe looks good now i'll show you the whole bike the tie yeah yeah it's i can't afford the tie me either let's go stainless it lasts longer too. The tie is so soft. Ask Mike how long it took before he got a dent in his. Literally five laps. 
Nice. Because <laughs> I, I wanted to ride it with the, the stock pipe just to see what the difference was or whatever. Went out, did some motos, and then put that pipe on. Went out and did five laps, dude. And came back in, threw it on the stand. I was all stoked about it. Looked over. Like a, I'd say a nickel-sized dime or a nickel-sized dent in the pipe. <laughs> Sweet. Really chapped my ass on that deal. Yeah. So my- the tie dent's super easy, too. That's the other downfall. That's, yeah. That is expensive. Like That's why I went with the stainless, cause, like half price. A little more durable. Not oh, cool. It's yellow. Very yellow. <laughs> That's flow yellow. It looks way better in person than it does on pictures, but we'll take your word for it. All right, Chris, are we back to this bad boy? All right, everybody, welcome back welcome to back. our second welcome pee break to on our, the we'll Flat Tire back. Factory podcast. Here we are. Where are we at, Chris? Eric's background. Eric, where are you from? Deadwood, South Dakota. Yep. When did you move? January 2008 Damn. when I moved to Georgia. Yeah. What was for what? Yeah. Chasing the dream, man. Just wanted, I was tired of the snow and the cold for one and just wanted to go ride dirt bikes and try to put myself in a position to, uh, you know, give myself the best opportunity to earn a pro card. And, yeah. When you had yeah. a lot of tracks down there, didn't you? At the time I moved, there was a lot. But, yeah. of course, with the recession and all that, they kind of slowly started disappearing. What did you say, yeah. 08? Yeah, yeah, you picked the worst uh, time. Right in the, the shit sport, of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, that sucks. Kind of looks like Tomac from here because I can't see his bottom of his face. <laughs> he does, yeah. <laughs> the cowie hat? Yeah, a little bit. Huh? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I kind of get that same vibe. For, I get the profile shot, too. Really? Yeah, same vibe a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Sick. <laughs> cool. I'll take it. Um, when did you start riding? Uh, I got my first bike when I was five. Nice. What was it? Yeah, PW50. Nice. Little Yamaha. Yeah. yeah, it was actually the same PW50 that Gage started on, too. Oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah. No yellow. Yeah, after Gage. And, before or after? After, yeah, after Gage and all oh, his so brothers clapped. were done with it. Yeah. Then my dad bought it off his dad, and we, uh, yeah, we had to put tires on it. The top end was shot. <laughs> do you think Ray made your dad it, buy that? Uh, or do you think I, it was just a give? I don't know, yeah, but there, there's a lot of family swapping well, on probably motorcycles. Probably wheeling and dealing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Probably traded a crankshaft for it or, or something. Block, <laughs> some heads. Yeah, cam, yeah. stock heads off Chevy 350. Yeah, you'll need these one day. Oh, so Thomas mentioned something to me today that when we're doing these podcasts, don't ask just when, like what got you into it. Well, yeah, what yeah. what yeah. did get you into Where it? Where is Thomas? Start your own podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Next question. No, yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, my dad, my dad rode since he was a kid, um, and he did a few, few races. <laughs> I said, so we're talking about not just when you got in, but we're talking why. to Thomas right now. Yeah, I said, start your own podcast. Hey man, solid <laughs> I'll forgive you if you say cinnamon <laughs> into one of these microphones. Do it right here, Thomas. <laughs> Cinnamon. <laughs> That's pretty good. Total stripper announcer voice. Right there. Oh my god, that was pretty good. All right, it is um, a solid question. What got you started in the writing? Uh, my dad. Yeah, my my dad rode since he was a kid. Uh, 
you know, most of my, uh, actually a large portion of my family rode for a long time. And yeah, all of us cousins yeah, and second cousins. And I mean, really, I think, didn't you have a cousin that we lit a bike until it blew up? That was his dad. Oh shit. Yeah. 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 yeah up he in had a North Dakota, or, TT 500 and he didn't have, uh, he just got it. And uh, he was wheeling it, and all the oil pumped into the airbox, starved the <laughs> engine of oil. Uh, yeah, did it lock up on him? I don't think it locked up. I think he said it just started losing power to where he couldn't keep the wheelie up, and and when he set it down, all the sucked all the oil into the engine, and you know, killed it. But stopped after he wasn't that Blake by Wataga Macintosh. I think I don't know that. I something think something like that probably. I'm pretty sure that was your dad or was Lauren. One one of the two, yeah. Yeah, Lauren might have been. My dad used to ride wheelies because you know, in Deadwood everybody had to go to high school and lead, so he would ride his a wheelie from his house all the way Sorry. to the school and lead on his, on his TT500. Yeah, so. that's when you went to school, right, Gage? Deadwood lead, Deadwood middle school lead high school, back when they combined. I bet that didn't hurt with the chicks, doing a wheelie all the way <laughs> wheelie from the front school. door to school. What's up? Rode a motorcycle yeah. here, only used one wheel. <laughs> Basically, a yeah. unicycle. Uh, any other sports? I played soccer, basketball. Um, I think that was probably about it when I was in like elementary, middle school. But None of that picked up any traction. I, I not really. Never, you know, mostly just did it because all my friends did it. You know, and then as I got into high school, started racing motocross. So like, I'd play basketball in the winter just to keep in shape. Other than that, I just didn't care for it. You know, just when your dad kind of restricted you a little bit about um, when you could start racing. Yeah, yeah. So. He wanted to race when he was very young, but his dad's like, not yet. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so we, when I was on an 80, I did one race at the seven downs arena. And, uh, then my dad was like, nope, not, not racing again until you're 16. So, um, I did that one race and I think I was probably 12 and I was hooked now and I just, all in my dad wouldn't let me race again until I was 16. So, um, I really didn't get into racing motocross until 16. Dang. But. 16 and on it was all 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 in yeah. ready to go all in yeah that every every penny i ever made spent spent on motocross <laughs> do you have kids now i do have one kid does now, the yeah. rule apply no no I, if he wants to race i'll, I'll take him racing whenever but he's only three so he's not quite ready for, i don't know donovan lindsley yeah started when he was three i have a pw50 for him but i just he's Send he's it. small and he can't reach the ground, and and he got a yellow one from me. Yeah. Nice. It's the same same, same year one. As the one. It's not the same bike, but it's the same year as you so, guys all learned yeah. on. Yep, that's because they only made cool. those what two years? Two years, yeah. The yellow ones with the number one, right on yep. the oh. big uh, on the front number plate. Yeah, eighty one, eighty two were the only two yellow ones, and the the plastics were quite a bit different shape, and so like they're really actually hard to find. Yeah. When did you get your RMZ85? Your RM85? Oh, I never had an RM85. Yes! <laughs> you should have, man. They had a power valve. They were sick as fuck. They were sick. Yeah. <laughs> they were great. Like I said, I grew up a Yamaha guy. That's all I ever rode until, yeah. well, I had that Honda, 
um, in 2015, and then you know then went the Cowie now. So, but other than that, I've pretty much only had. Well, I had I did have. Um, it wasn't mine, I guess, but for a short period of time, I had a XR100 when I was in between bikes. But yeah, and you were <coughs> riding back with Atkins and Cook when Cook first moved here. And yep. Yeah. Eric was one of the first guys to really give Cook a run for his money. I oh, remember nice. a couple of times. I always, I'd always whole shot him, and he hated that. Yeah. Hated and I don't know. It. And what Eric hated is last lap, Cook oh, would get man. him. Yeah. Really? Where, yeah. like at Spearfish? That old track at Seven Downs. Yeah, I don't know how many times Eric led till last lap. I was like, yeah, cheering Eric on. And I remember Vicky was there, and she's like, "Well, you can't cheer for Eric." I'm like, "Well, he's like my cousin's my cousin. kid." Like, yeah, like, I'm gonna. Yeah. Che- I'm cheering for both of them. I, I mean, I don't hope either of them get hurt, but it's like, yeah. I mean, and it's nice to see someone else. Like battle for a win. I mean, we yeah. got a guy that's winning everything. You think he's racing tomorrow, Michael Cook? Yeah, uh, probably. Yeah, that class, that so. class. Yeah. cool. I think so. Be, I haven't, yeah, I haven't seen him since I left, too. It's yeah, yeah. Show him a front wheel. Yeah, he would. Like I said, I'd, I'd hole shot him all the time, and he would if he was close to me in the first corner, he'd always push me off the track. Oh every yeah, time. <laughs> yeah, and it just fire me up. We talked about this, you know multiple times but back then if like if i went through a full day racing and didn't get taken out or getting didn't get pushed off a berm is weird because i mean people used to hit each other and we're now it's like no one wants to touch each other everyone wants to be yeah pretty well michael is always cool with me like he never (laughs) he would never hit me hard he'd always just kind of run me wide and run me off the track or something you know he never went full on takeout no it wasn't takeout but they would bump you around you'd trade paint or plastics Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, that was common, yeah. but it wasn't, like, malicious. It wasn't like he's just sawn off your front end or nothing. But, yeah, but it was cool to see Eric up there battling with him. And there was, I guess, Charlie Lacey used to run pretty hard with you guys, too. So. Yeah, yeah. I forgot about Charlie. Yeah. Is he still around here? He's no, in he's North up D- in North Dakota. Dakota. No. Yeah. What's Chris Atkins up to? He's down in Wyoming still? Or? There's a name I don't recognize at all. I don't know. I yeah, I'm not sure. Well, he used to he he lived in Deadwood at the time too. Yeah, yeah. He was a pretty fast uh, B rider and went to A and did pretty well. Hmm. I do he, not remember him. He was running the track up in Casper for a while. Or oh, help, really? Help yeah, I heard I heard about that. I don't know. If do you guys remember Spearfish's downhill start oh, into was, a yeah. right-handed corner? I loved that. That was a good yeah. time it right was, there. Nobody could use their back brake coming yeah, into that corner. It was yeah. just horrible. a total shit show at yeah. the bottom of a hill. Yeah. 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 That, I actually missed that track was a lot of fun. They had really good dirt, really track. good yeah. black topsoil. Oh, man. The thing yeah. for me was the layout for what they had available to them was horrible. Is back and forth, back and forth, yeah. back and forth. It was. When they could have used more. way more of that terrain and made a really badass track. But from my understanding, it was a training track, and then they ended up using it for racing. You know, sure, yeah, because it was the only thing that sucks about that track is that it went away. Really, I yeah. mean, I mean, it was a great addition to our little race series that we yeah. had, and it yeah. was good dirt. It was fun. Yeah, it was a good time. But I didn't, the east west thing, like where it would, yeah, they should have went. Forth. They should have went up and down the hill instead of across all. Because in the morning it was horrible, and in the evening it was horrible. When the, the sun, dust, yeah, yeah, it's hard to see anything because yeah. a lot of times you're following the guy's helmet. To see what was coming up because you couldn't see the obstacles anymore. 
but it was still it was still cool. Yeah, yeah. no, it's super mm-hmm. cool. And I, I wish we had it back. But uh any racing still. We you're racing tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't been racing much. Um two classes? I'll do vet for sure. Uh, I don't know about four fifty A. I I just yeah. Like I said, I haven't been on a rain cross track in ten years and you know, very rusty and not in very good shape. Well, at least in 450A, it's generally the more seasoned veteran riders. Yeah, see, I think think if you were to do 450A, um, practice goes super easy. Everybody just hops on a line. Everybody jumps everything, and then you just figure it out from there. So that's that's the nice thing about being in A practice or whatever. And then the racing, so much more controlled, I feel like. You know what I mean? Like, it's not not bad at all. And there's a lot of the same guys in 250A, but... Sometimes you get a couple of wild childs in there. Yeah, I just figured Eric only had a 450, so that's why I was only talking yeah. 450. Yeah, you should just do it, Eric. Well, I got I, don't two, know. I got 250 in the other room. You could borrow. <laughs> <laughs> and Peters loves two strokes out there. <laughs> yeah, whole shot and sons of guns. <laughs> yeah, but I haven't really been racing. Um, pretty much when my son was born about three years ago, I haven't. I've only done. This will be the third race I've done in the last three years. So Dang, one a year. Yeah, pretty well. Two last year, and then one this one year. This year. You have yeah, to do one next year. You have to do Deadwood. Yeah, I want to do that. I also want to. Uh, I've been trying to trying to figure out my put a game plan together, get back in the good good shape again, and uh, I want to race Mammoth next year. Is that'd be that's cool. Kind of my goal. Nice. Yeah, that's um, a, a very iconic track. Oh, yeah, you were telling us about that last time we talked to yeah. you. Well, and do you do any other, like, riding as far as, like, because, like, we got the verticross here, we got some hair scrambles, you dabble any of that stuff? or Yeah, so, well, because my son was, when my, after my son was born, we pretty much immediately moved to, from Georgia to Utah um, for the job uh, with Cowie. And, uh, I mean, he was four months old when we were moving across the country. So um, that's pretty much when I, you know, I had, hadn't raced before he was born. And then being in Utah, I did one, um, one hair scramble. Um, that was the first race I had done that I've ever done since he was born. And then just, well, I guess it was September, a couple months ago, raced that just a local motocross race. And so I guess it'd be two, two races this year, one last year. So yeah, it's been you know yeah I like to ride a little bit of everything you know and um, the hard part is when I primarily ride motocross and I have my bike all set up for that you know I don't have going to race in a hair scramble it's like the suspension just beats you up oh and it's, yes you know, arms are dead after an hour and it makes it hard to finish the t- the second hour. Have you ever done a verticross? I haven't no. That's, That's a, a lot good, of fun. No, you don't need to do, bro. He talks everybody into it. Yeah, dude. No, it's anybody a good time. that comes through this it shop, is a fucking good time. Have you ever done it? It's awesome. <laughs> it is good. Mike, Mike, we enjoyed it. Yes. Fuck that. I guess you just have to ride in your fucking underwear to understand, but it's a fucking good time. <laughs> <laughs> I did like your pink gear though during that, Mike. Yeah, I'm, I bring the best out. <laughs> yeah. Actually, uh, I hadn't fit in that pink gear for like two years, and then I finally squeezed into it, and I was like, I'm fucking wearing this. That shit. was right after fireworks. Yeah, a hustle. So it's a hustle. Had your had your fireworks weighed off. Mm-hmm. Um, how'd you get on with Cowie? Wait, what were you doing before Cowie? 
before Cowie, I was just a, a technician at a big dealership in Atlanta. Um, I was uh, actually worked at two different dealerships in that area, but since I moved there, you know, I remember there's a there was a period when you were working at a dealership and you were going to these were the Kawasaki classes. I was doing all of them, yeah, all the manufacturers. And you were getting like and, like a silver, premium, gold, yeah. all these levels. Is that what yeah. developed your Kawasaki relationship? Yep, yeah, pretty much. Okay, um, that's cool to watch that. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't even realize that I was watching that progress, but it's cool now that I realize yeah. what I was watching. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, so, yeah, doing all the training classes. I did it with all the manufacturers we had, Honda, Yamaha, Suzuki, Cowie. Uh, then it, when I switched from one dealer to the other, we all, then I started doing the BMW motorcycle classes and uh, Polaris and all that, um, everything that the dealership had. But, yeah, getting with Cowie is uh, – kind of how this industry is it's it's who you know and yep. at the right time um yeah. yeah i happened to be in uh one of the cowie classes and the guy instructing the class he does what i do now but for that region and uh, i got kind of got to know him because i'd see him coming to the dealership once or twice a year and you know doing other cowie classes and stuff kind of got to know him a little bit and uh it was a team green class that i was at and yeah you know, he had me kind of like helping him out instruct the class and i was just there to but you know be in the class be in the class and kind of got to know him and then uh yeah he he approached me when after a couple guys retired and they were looking to hire a couple new guys he approached me about taking the job so just happened to be at the right place he at approached the right time. you you didn't approach him huh yeah he uh, i <laughs> i showed up to a class and uh everybody else was running late and Apparently, because I was I was actually a couple minutes late because of traffic and stuff. What? So, oh, there yeah. goes our punctuation. <laughs> yeah, there's that. Yeah, Atlanta traffic. Yeah, you never know. Like, could have been I could have been there thirty minutes early or two hours late, depending on the traffic. But I show up and there was nobody else there, and he's like, "Hey, you're the person I've been wanting to see." And I'm like, "Uh oh, what did I do now?" Yeah. <laughs> you know, and he's Fuck, like, "I just got yeah. here. Let me take my jacket <laughs> off." Yeah, yeah, and then he. Kind of, he made a mention of it there, and he's like, "Yeah, you know, we'll I'll I'll talk to you some more about it." And so yeah, he he actually approached me about it, so that was that's pretty cool. That had to have been almost flattering, like, "Oh shit, like, yeah, that's cool." Yeah. Um, what's your wife do? Uh, right now, she's just a stay-at-home mom. Hell yeah. Well, yeah. with uh, with my job, well, normally COVID kind of has. I've been home a lot more than than normal, but with my job, I do travel quite a bit so you know sometimes i'm gone you know i'm never gone for like two weeks straight but i'll be gone two weeks in a row and only home on the weekends and Mm. so we kind of decided like you know it's not like we need the extra money from her working or anything and well then the extra money in daycare almost offsets a lot of that yeah and you're getting free bikes and I wish. Yeah. <laughs> Toddler so team. Green there's stuff. no way you don't get a discount. You have oh to yeah, get... for sure get a discount. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So what? Yeah. Like a. What did she? Like, hold on. Go ahead. I'm talking about discounts now, okay. Gage. Yep. Yep. <laughs> oh fuck! Sorry, Eric. <laughs> like discounts, discounts. It's pretty good. Yeah, we have two options. We have a company finance option that's zero percent, but the discount isn't as much as if we buy it outright pay in full so it's you know it's kind of cool like 
my street bike, I, I did the finance option cause I didn't have the money to just buy it outright. And, um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a good, it's a good discount. So what mm. street bike so, do you got now? I have a Z 900. Okay. Yeah. That's fun. So what did she do when she, when you guys were in, uh, Georgia? Um, uh, well, how'd you meet her first? Yeah. We met at, at the, uh, the dealership. We both worked at the same dealership. Damn. Freaking Cowie. Uh, <laughs> just pumping out his life. Yeah. Whatever uh, you want. You want a woman? We got it. Bikes? Yeah. Got it. Career? Got it. Yeah. <laughs> so she had worked at that dealership before I started. It was the second dealership that I worked at. Down, um, she had worked there before, but then quit for a while. And then I started there. And then she started back after uh, I was there probably three or four months when she started back. And um, I don't know, we didn't, I mean, we were just co-workers for a while. And then, like, it was about a year and a half after we were both working there that we kind of started hitting it off a little bit. But then Did she come on to you? A little of both. <laughs> a little A, a little All B. Right. Yeah. All right. All right. A little, a little of both. You see that. You like these cowies that I've been working on? Yeah. <laughs> see this 450? <laughs> uh, what was your question, Gage? So, uh... That's what uh, she how, did how, before. What's that? Uh, he answered it, sorry. That's yeah. what she did before. Yeah. So, the other thing, how do you like those uh, player spiders and all those? <laughs> <laughs> Next question. <laughs> <laughs> do you guys have shredders? Yeah. <laughs> we could really use a shredder. Yeah, I'm not going to go there. That's... No, <laughs> I, I just remember those things were <laughs> not even going to touch it. Well, there, there are a lot of, a lot of flaws, I guess. But. <laughs> you want to hear something fricked up? Um, Caterpillar goes on these adventures where they like to um, put their badge on stuff and sell it, and it'll sell because Caterpillar. Yeah, they did that a couple of times. Yep, they did it with on highway trucks. Don't buy one of those. Exodus. Um, they did it with like little suitcase generators and like worksite generators. Don't buy one of those. And they did it with side-by-sides. I don't know who makes the side-by-side, but it's got a cat thing on it. We don't sell them, blah, blah, blah. Well, this company that came in to lead for the underground starts with a T. I don't know who the... Tyson. Tyson. Thank you, Scoots. Um, Tyson. quick on that, like, instant. Nailed it. So Tyson brought in, like, five of these things, and they all need, like, a clutch update to them. And Butler Cat has to do them and we literally have n- I've literally never seen one in South <laughs> Dakota. I'm like, yeah, you work on this, so I guess we're side by side mechanics now. <laughs> Don't fuck it up. I'm not doing it. <laughs> Hell no. They're um I wonder who, I wonder who makes that for cat. <clears throat> I don't know. Their box generators look just like a freaking Honda, but they kind of ran like shit. Honda ones are great. Honda ones are really good. These ones Kind of sucked. So it was like a primary, secondary style clutch, like with the belt. I don't, it's I don't know. I've gauge. I've literally never seen one. It's got to be something like that. Probably a CVT. Yeah. yeah. It has like a recall on them, and they're two thousand eight hundred feet underground. Nice. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So fun well, fact. Why not? Cool. Man. I'm out on that, just like you. <laughs> out. Yeah. That, that always is hard when people try to rebrand things because yeah. It just doesn't work out. Yeah. yeah. What else you got for Eric? I don't know. Eric, do you have anything for us? 
Yeah. Aaron, you uh, questions for us? I don't think so. That's pretty <laughs> good. <laughs> we forgot to ask him at the beginning of the show, what do you think of the studio? Yeah, what do you think of the studio? That was cool, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah hell yeah. Nothing yeah, like special. Better Taking than what it. Alex Nothing said. special. <laughs> I like that uh, Chris has yet to hang my two number plates there. Um, Eric, you want a free number plate? 380? Who's 380? That's Preston Kilroy. Oh, okay. Preston Kilroy. He got to watch him race yeah. up in North Dakota. Got to call the action name. Freaking crapped yeah, his pants over it. It was a good time. He's on a Suzuki, so. Oh, yeah. Big yeah. fan. Big fan. Uh, that was funny. Like, so last weekend I went to just one of the local tracks in Utah. And my buddy and I were laughing because there was one Suzuki there. And it's like every time we go, it's just the same one Suzuki over. And we're like, man. You kind of feel bad. You know? Is he killing it, though? <laughs> Is the guy killing it? No. <laughs> That's right. Like, no. You kind of feel bad because like, you know, they're not that bad of bikes. It, it's just, you don't, they're, they've gotten a bad rep. I can't believe a new one's nine grand. Yeah, I didn't know, I didn't even yeah. know that. The new 450 is like, it's, yeah, it's like 80, I think it's 88, 99. Has literally like anything just, changed just on them? Grand. Not since. Has literally anything well, changed? Actually, yeah, they did change something in 21, something with the, the mapping. I think you can do it on your phone now. That's, yeah, you can, it's sold separately, but yeah, they have, uh, it's similar to like the Yamaha's app, but you have to buy the communication device separate. Yeah. So, so is like, there a battery on it then? I don't think so. No, so you have to have a an uh, extra battery and all that to plug into it to power it. You're up. right. That's why I'm asking. Yeah. What oh, cool features, Suzuke. Well, that's why you got by the communication device, so it has. All hey, that. we're just showing all you guys what you don't need. Oh, it's not our fault. Something else I was gonna rag on KTM about. They keep talking. I rode my Suzuki, and he freaking loved it. Yeah. <laughs> what? Whatever. Right. Um, they keep talking about this. What was that, Dusty? It's a map on this new fucking KTM where um, it chain it shuts your ignition off so you don't when quick you're, shift when you're quick shift yeah when you're pegged out you don't have to use the clutch so you don't grenade it and I'm like well everybody does that anyway it just helps it shift quicker is all yeah yeah as soon as it feels pressure it'll just slightly cut the ignition so it goes into gear. I don't know. I'm pretty fast jamming that bitch up. Yeah, it's a, you push it hard enough, <laughs> yeah. it'll go. It'll go. If I literally, I hold, or if you rubbed out, I hold my foot on the shifter until there's tension, and I never let off on my throttle, and eventually it'll just click itself up whenever it needs it. <laughs> Not even kidding. You. Whenever it wants it. By that when, time, you're an over rev though. Yeah. <laughs> I've, gets, I've, I've pulled a lot of hole shots, yeah. and it's worked every freaking time. It's, it's depending it's on the pressure. Yeah, we're clear. I, I seriously <laughs> heard this never. shit when I was on an 85, and I've been doing it ever since. <laughs> never had a tranny issue, knock on wood. But I've that, pulled a lot. That's, that, that's a drywall. drywall. Yeah, that's not wood. Close enough. That's also not wood. But <laughs> <laughs> that looks like wood to me. It's composite. Oh, fucking close enough. Made out of a tree, Dusty. <laughs> Plastic. <laughs> <laughs> You're out, bro. It's grenading. <laughs> as close as I can get. Get a get a new one. <laughs> Quick shift feature. Don't need it. I got my foot. My you didn't even foot. ride your damn Suzuki anyway, so shit. I put I got forty hours on that some bitch now. What year is it? An eighteen. About yeah. twenty. That's twenty hours a year. It's great. It's not very much, man. I know. I got a twenty two and I already have thirty hours. Dang. 
Dusty's 19 has 240 some. 30. Oh, 30 so today. 230. Yeah. It's still brand new, basically. <laughs> <laughs> I like to gauge um, the longevity of my bike off of Dusty's bike. But I'm a momentum rider. Because so. I was talking to Gage about, I was just asking him questions about suspension because I just don't know answers. Like, what do gold valves do? Or cone valves worth $4,000 for a set of forks, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, well, you know, you could buy cone valves that you don't really need, which I don't need. He's like, or, you know, you could save up for when you got to rebuild. I'm like, according to Dusty's bike, I got 100 hours left. Easily. <laughs> Easily. Easily. Running strong 100 hours. Yeah, Dusty does not over rev or rev high or anything. He's just right there in the, the low end power. That would be the oh. best used bike to get. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because the yeah. thing's just been... Fucker's mint. Um, <laughs> it's got it's mint. 400 hours, but it's mint. Yeah. <laughs> well, changed every five hours. Yeah. Literally every five. You stay on top of it. Yeah. It's good. That's, that's key. Use good oil and change it often. Yeah. Important. I use Maximo oil for sure. Maximo's good stuff, yeah. Yeah, that's, same. Yeah. It's hard to beat, really. It yeah. is. I don't think... I've used anything since uh, I've started going to gauge, actually. Yeah, it's, the viscosities are really good, even in the petroleum-based. And then the clutches last a lot longer with that stuff, too. And when I bought my bike, it had a little sticker. Um, what's KTM's oil? Motor X? Motor X. Motor X. Had a little sticker. Um, use Motor X oil only or something on it. I'm like, Gage, do I need to do this? Shakes his head, no. Peel the sticker off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Motor X is really good, too. Well, 20 it's bucks a quart, dude. Yeah. Holy crap. That's the oil of Switzerland, man. Yeah. Gotta come a long ways. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, especially when it has to sit on a boat so long now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you want your outro song to be, Mike? Outro song on me. Boy, that was hit quick. Um, Unless you got something else. No. Are we doing the tire poppers? Are, or yeah. Oh, shit. Our static collective tire poppers. I want to go first. Are you serious? Yeah. All right, go ahead, Gage. <laughs> hold on. Hold on. All right. Hold get on. the timer. Hold on. Hold on. Yep. <laughs> Are you ready? Yep. Three, two, one, go. Okay, first snow of the year, no one knows how to drive. And it's like no one's ever driven <laughs> driven in the driven. winter driven in the winter before. It's insane to me how many crashes I've seen on the way to work and I drive a mile. Done. Thirteen five. Facts. Valid. Almost died the other day. I was leaving um Terry Peaks Hill going down in my big service truck. And if I was going five miles an hour. I don't know why they do this, but if you slow down enough, um, the tranny quits pulling you and it goes to idle. That's not what you want. Soon as it, soon as it, let the tranny disconnected, truck sideways instantly. Didn't touch the brakes, to, and I'm talking like Kenworth truck, not like a Ford pickup, like big truck. A truck is a truck. Yeah, sideways. A, hmm? a truck is a truck. Not yeah, a but pickup. when I say service truck, people think of like you know like a Ford front. Yeah, yep, no, yep. we're talking like semi front. Sideways, sliding down Terry Peaks Hill. Pissed my pants. <laughs> well, it just amazes me how many people are driving like it's still summertime and they got their, you know. Cruise set, yeah. fucking cigarette in one hand, <laughs> cell phone in the other. <laughs> Fuck them, dude. Yeah. Fuck them, dude. There was three accidents in the mile that come from my house to the, the shop this morning. I was actually impressed. We got a little snow last night. Roads were slick as shit on my way to work this morning. I didn't see one car in the ditch, but. Seen one dumbass guy in a Ford pickup trying to pull a camper, and he was stuck halfway up the Whitewood Hill. <laughs> and you could totally tell because he was jackknifed the whole nine yards. Like he just wasn't making it. 
cops, tow truck, the whole nine yards. It's just like, you fucking idiot. Like Sarah's going over to campus across <laughs> town. And uh, she said, you know, she's going below the speed limit trying to get there safe. And how many people tried passing her and oh yeah, just going me. wide open. It's like, what are you doing? Like, it's not worth it. Not in this poor conditions, especially when most people don't have proper tires on because we haven't had out snow here in Rapid. Dusty, first day back. I mean, Gage literally took my bitch of the day. That's why I wanted to go first. <laughs> yeah. I didn't want him to steal. I didn't have a backup. Other than that, dude, things, life's great, man. I ain't got no bitches. Rogers! Rogers! Yeah. Eric, you got one? Yeah. Three, two, one, go. One of my biggest complaints about moto everywhere in the country is uh, people spend, you know, nine to 12 grand on a bike, buy a new set of gear every year, new boots every year, new helmet every year. And then they don't want to pay 20, 25 bucks for a day at the track. Like, dude, the track's got to survive too, where you got nowhere to ride. That's a good one. Grinds my gears. 23 4, valid. That's a good one. That was a great one, honestly. Man, that was a really good one. Made me forget mine. Okay. (laughs) Mike, are you ready? I actually don't have one, Chris. Oh, come on. I don't I don't have anything to be negative about. Scooch, you got one? Hey, do it. That's what I'm saying. Scooter. Do, do a tire inflator. No, fuck that. No? No tire inflator? No tire popper? Scooter, you got anything negative? You got a tire popper? Mike won't buy there? a house, wants to just keep buying dirt bike. He won't buy a wife. Yeah, all right. There it is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait. We got something here, boys. Not the timer. All right. Three, two, one, go. Our housing, our housing market is bullshit. Done. Agreed. You think it it has to like swing, stop at least, right? It's not gonna stop. They say five years. They say five years until it stops. Like stops, doesn't go back down. It'll just level. Yeah, they say it'll be five years. You might as well hop on it, Mike, because it's not getting better. The thing though is, there's nothing for sale where we want to live within a reasonable freaking price. Like. It's ridiculous, dude. Well, the problem is the banks are giving the loans out for these shitty houses that they would never have given the loans out. That's what happened in 08, dog. Yeah. Yeah. That's what happened in 08. They control the market is what they're doing. Mm Mm-hmm. It's bullshit. It's miserable. Okay, Chris is up. Mike's going to time him. Mike's going to time me, yeah. All right. What do you got, Christopher? Do you have anything worth worth me timing? Um, Yeah, I might not make it. I think I'll make it. Three, two, one, go. Um, I really hate when people like, I hate when people are bitching about other people behind everyone's back and it's just this constant drama of bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. Like the best thing you can do for someone, if you disagree with them on anything really, or like something they're doing wrong is just tell them the truth. That's the best thing you can do for them rather than this beat around the bush shit. Valid rant 23.02. Perfect. It's like, it's the hardest thing to do is walk up to someone and be like, Hey, man, that pissed me off when you did that, and this is why. That's the hardest thing to do, but in the long run, that is the best thing for everybody. Absolutely. If you're you're going to have the balls to have an issue, have the balls to confront that issue. Talk about it. Figure it out. What the fuck's going on? I I totally agree with you, because if you have an issue and it it, it goes uh, unspoken... Oh, it it gets way worse. It gets way worse. It becomes a way bigger fucking issue. If you have a small issue, you confront it, you find the person, you talk about it, it... it only has to be those two people too, right? Like you and that one person, yeah. you can figure out your bullshit, move along. Well, Mike and I um, had a 
deal like this, uh, I don't know, probably a year ago, where <clears throat> Mike called me up and I was in the middle of work, something was going on, and I was short answering him because I was busy. Oh, and yeah. I, and it's Mike. It's like, I don't consider it like a, I wasn't being rude. I was just like, I had a million things going on, I was short answering Mike, and I was like, all right, yep, all right, bye. And I, you know, we hung up. It, it was a couple of times, and I kind of felt weird, like, what's up? You know? Yeah. So then Mike calls me and he's like, dude. And this was after hours at this point. Yeah. And he's like, is everything all right? I'm like, yeah, everything's great. Why? What's up? He's like, you pissed about something? I'm like, no. He's like, well, I thought maybe you were mad at me because the way, you know, our conversation's been going lately. And I'm like, Mike, if I was mad, I'm going to call you it. up. I'm going to say, you screwed up and this is how. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But also, like... I thought I thought Gage maybe had an issue, and so I felt like I needed to express that and talk to him. Like, hey, yeah, what's the deal? Like, what's up? Yeah, are, imagine are you if you busy? would imagine if you wouldn't have done that. Yeah, and the weeks that go by, and you think Gage is mad at you. Yeah, yeah, but and, and we're it, both we're both fucking men about it, and you can talk about a dude with it. You yeah. know, like, hey, this is how what's up? You know, yeah, like, what's and, going on? And I appreciated that he actually was, you know, c- confronting enough to be able to call me and say, hey, is everything cool? And I'm like thinking in my head like everything's good but like there's times that we'll call each other once a week and there's times times, dude it may be two months before we talk to each other and it's it's just the way friendships work you know everyone gets busy i got kids you know everyone's got work even even that deal though like i thought about it like yeah gage you know if gage had a feeling you know gage would shoot 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 me out or whatever like say something to me you know so it wasn't that big of a deal like hey is it all good you know, because I feel like you would have done the same thing. You yeah, know? yeah, and especially if, he, but he just picked up a bad vibe, and I might have been frustrated at work or things are going on. And I short answering, I didn't even think about it. You know, it's just like, but it was cool that he just actually called up and was like, "All right, let's settle. Let's make sure that he's we're good solid. about that." He yeah. did that to me when I walked in. He's like, "Are you mad?" Because he sent me a video of how my uncle died and laughed at me on Instagram. No, I did not <laughs> laugh. I sent you a video on Instagram. I had no clue. I didn't even say <laughs> anything in the video. You didn't hear this? No, no. Dude, he I says just, to be a reel on Instagram, and it's this truck just getting annihilated by this train, which is crazy, right? It, like I watched this video, I was like, "Oh, that was fucking gnarly." Yeah, he's like, send this he's to like, my "This buddies. was gnarly." Sent it to me. That's how my uncle died. Was getting hit by a train. Same with Ryan Eaton. That's all he said. Yep. He didn't die, but he got hit by a train. Oh, okay. Well, my uncle died, got hit by a train. Okay, I didn't say anything. I just sent this video out to Chris, right? And Chris just hits me back with, that's how my uncle died. <laughs> and you're like, uh-oh. Nothing he, else. And I'm like, fuck, dude, I'm sorry. I, he's I wish like, I would have known that. He's like, he's like, I wouldn't have sent that if I knew that. I'm like, it's cool. It's the uncle I was named after, which is true. <laughs> yeah, dude, made me even feel worse, dude, on the reply. Like, fuck, man. Ne- never met that uncle. Didn't fucking that'll tell ha- me that part, though. No, I didn't tell him that. <laughs> All happened before I was bored. So then when we were here tonight, I was like, fuck, dude, I kind of feel like he's pissed at me a little bit. I was like, Chris, you good? Are we good, Chris? <laughs> he's like, yeah, dude, makes, makes this whole fucking big old deal. I didn't even fucking know him, though. It's fine. <laughs> you fucking asshole. Oh, God. Fucking get some. But yeah, dude, like everybody should be like that. If you have a problem, just fucking get it out, get it it's, over with, and be done with it's it. It's so much easier to have that conversation early, and then then it's not, it's in the past. It's, yeah, it's water under on. the bridge. Fucking move, on. move it along. Yeah, totally agree. That's a good one, Chris. 
Uh, Eric, what'd you learn? Um, maybe start with Mike. Oh, yeah. Okay, Mike. Maybe start with Gage. Okay, Gage. What'd you learn? Okay, Dusty. What'd you learn? I, no, I got oh. one. I got one. <laughs> I didn't know that he got my old P Dub. Oh. I I probably knew that, but I I didn't pick up on that that he had my old PW fifty and that that passed on to him. That, that's kind of cool. Uh, Dusty. Uh, that I'm not the only psycho that likes to be punctual. Mm. There you go. You are punctual. I, dude, I hate being late. I'm always waiting. Does it bug you when I'm late? He was here. I'm late a lot. No, like, like it makes my anxiety go up. Yeah. If I'm like even on time, I yeah. hate it. Yeah. To be fair, I do hate to be late. You can ask Alexa. It drives me fucking nuts. <laughs> But something like this, I don't feel so bad because I know we're going to be here for four Situation. hours. <laughs> yeah. 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 Situational. Yeah. Uh, Mike, what would you learn? Uh, I learned a lot of things today. Something Narr- about Eric. Something Narr- about. Yeah, narrowing it down is a little tough. Um, you dude, learned you never met. I never met that uncle. I did learn that. But I do enjoy the fact that. Eric's first bike may not have been a Suzuki, but at least it was yellow. Oh, man. <laughs> man. Eric, what'd you learn? Learned a lot, actually. I guess, uh, you know, never met actually most of the people in this room before. So, <laughs> that, um, put faces to yeah, put names. faces to names. Did they match? You know, that's the funny part because, like, you hear somebody on, you know, just their voice and you get an image yep. of what they might look like. And then you, see him and they who's don't look the anything one? like that you know yeah, who, who's, <laughs> who's the, the weird, weird one? one probably me huh um well, i wouldn't you know like i don't know I don't dude know. it ruins it for me when i hear people's voice and i see their face um the dude that does the super cross in the really deep voice like the lurch, mo- yeah, the mon- lurch l- look that dude up you're like oh come on <laughs> yeah, dude <right? laughs> yeah. well for yeah for example like Hearing you, uh, you on radio, Chris. Like I figured, you know, I thought you'd be a shorter guy. Mm. You know, but shorter in shape, athletic. No, I'm yeah, like I had this a picture. decent looking human. Yeah, <laughs> like this this mental image of like you know like uh, somebody like a Villapoto size. You know, like Damn. that stature even. But so some, like Thomas is. Like, I got an yeah. I got an in shape yeah. voice. Yeah, yeah like <laughs> healthy like, voice. I've never met him before either, and I you know listen to him. I thought he would, you know, he's to me he sounded like he'd be a tall guy. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's interesting. It's, and it's, well, it's nice to meet everyone, too. Yeah. 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 Uh, you want to run us out, Mike? I'm getting it. Oh, shit, 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 shit. You're going to have to scroll me up to our sponsors if I'm I'm the one rolling us out of here. Yeah, I like when you read it hey, out. And we talked about Troy Berry, so we're good there. Yeah, yeah, we did. Yeah. Do you get everything covered? Oh, yeah. Is that a collective type robbers? What do we learn? Little, little teaser for you guys out there. Troy Berry will be our next next episode. Oh, yeah. Troy Berry's coming on next. Yep. Yeah, our next for sure. episode. For he, he should be on a live one. The, you know. With the shirt off. Oh, hells yeah. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> yeah. No shirt zone for Troy. Yeah. <laughs> He's racing tomorrow, right? Yep. Yeah. Hell yeah. Cool. Good luck to you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Out of shape, me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry about that. Three thirty-seven on a Husqvarna. He'll be creeping up on you on the late on the moto. He'll be there. <laughs> All right, everybody. That's gonna do it 
for us on this episode 15 of the Flat Tire Factory podcast. Don't forget to support our sponsors if you have the opportunity. Black Hills Landscape, custom commercial residential landscaping. Don't forget to contact Chris at 605-381-2876. Precision Excavating, specializing in housing, new builds, foundations, and sewer. Call Luke at 605-786-2183. Today, Junior. 2183. Sorry, it's hard for me to see those numbers. Uh, don't forget Static Collective. They have new gloves and new flannels. Don't forget to check those out at staticcollective.com. Static at life. Uh, Zach, I do believe, is going to race tomorrow, I think is what we ended up hearing. Don't forget Deadwood All-In Freestyle Show hosting the SDMA races next year. Four GMX Indoor Motocross Series are round three tomorrow. Don't forget Perfect Structure Homes and MX Connections. We are in the MX Connection studio. Thanks to Gage Thomas for having us over here. Shout out to the boys. Boys, I think that was episode 15, huh? And Alex McPherson, like, what's that guy up to? Yeah, we got to love that dude. Love that dude. Eric, thank you for coming in. No, thanks for we'll having me. See you guys. tomorrow at the races. Yeah. Later, guys. Good time. See you, boys.